I had to shake them on my last case, big O don't play. Alright guys, welcome back to another episode of the Musky Hunks Podcast. I'm one of your four hosts this evening, Ryan Reed. Fresh off a uh, a bender in, in Texas. Yeah, a sweat, a sweat, a sweatshop bender. Sweaty huh? bender. Very sweet mm. bender in Texas. And I get any shirtless sex when you sweaty balls. Uh, <laughs> I can't say that I did. I probably missed the opportunity to get the shirtless Ryan Reed pick. No shirtless alligator gore picks. No, nothing like it's that. But I will say I missed you guys and I am happy to be home. Aw. <laughs> so. How nice. I missed a uh, I missed a good episode last week. Can't wait to get that one out there for for the peeps. But I'm excited for tonight. We have a uh, what I would consider another superstar guest on tonight. I think we're excited about this. But first, before we get into that, who do we have on the phone? We're gonna start with the one and only Mr. Owen Seaman, and of course, Big O's Bucktails. Good evening, gentlemen. Hello. Finally, uh, got final confirmation. Saw the specialist about my hand today, and uh, it is definitely a fracture, but I do not need surgery. And I actually am in a they they gave me this like this cast that they like heated up. It it's crazy. You ever you know that the the boa system Mm -hmm. of tightening like snowboard boots and stuff. So they gave me this soft cast, but they heated it up in in like this infrared heater and held it against my arm and tightened it. So it basically molded right to my arm. And uh, it's so I can take it off the shower. But then when I put it back on and I tighten it with the boa, it it like cinches down on my. Uh, and honestly, I think I could probably cast next week hmm. like with this. So skateboard again. That looks like something (laughs) like a Marvel villain would be wearing or something. It is. It's uh I I was expecting them to give me some janky ass cast and they gave me this like this thing, and it's like holy shit, man. This is like the 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 future is here. Owen's got Owen's got two things. He's got the good ice and that good insurance. Yeah, that'll wrap my ass up in one of those white casts that you can't get wet and said, see ya. <laughs> That's great. Well, it sucks that you 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 had a uh, skateboarding accident, Mr. Owen Hawk, but I'm glad you're uh, you're doing better. Hey, you know what? Dad, dad duties, uh, you know, call for sometimes you have to go above and beyond and, and you pay for it. Yeah, yeah, so I would. <laughs> I would. I'm not a dad, but I, I understand. <laughs> We also have on the phone tonight, fresh off vacation in the beach, Mr. Donnie Swank. Evening, gentlemen. Good evening. How's the Swank household? Hello. We're good. We're hanging in there. Uh, So how was the drive back from the beach, Donnie? It was good. Uh, It was actually, it was really good. I I can't speak uh, enough to how well she did on the car and, you know, on the ride down and on the way back. I was a That's little nervous. Awesome. I'm not going to lie. Uh, but yeah, it was about a 13 hour drive again. And honestly, she, she did even better the way on the way back. Uh, and it on the way down, we probably only had an hour where 
it was tough and and we didn't even have that this time she slept almost the whole way uh very it was good pretty awesome we just you made it back you made it back in time for the the, the lake arthur youth tournament yeah yep we got to do that on sunday uh, i took a young kid out carter atwood and his dad uh unfortunately we did not get a fish that day but we had a lot of fun and I gave his dad my phone number, told him we're going to get him and his son out again, and we're going to give it another shot. So nice. we plan on getting him a fish here before the year is up. But uh, uh, the, there were some nice fish caught. Uh, shot out Garrick Sebeski. He took another young kid out, and he got a 43-incher. So it was beautiful fish. But the kids had a lot of fun. We had prizes, and you know all of them got T-shirts. We had pizza afterwards, and uh, it was just a great event. Awesome. Awesome. That that is awesome. It sucks I missed it again this year. We also have on the phone the one and only Croc Man himself. Tommy the two Crocs Fanata. Hello. Hello. How are things? Hello. Sweaty. Sweaty. Yeah, it's hot. You doing any fishing, Tom, or what? Oh, we are tomorrow. Indeed we are. I'm excited. Yeah, other than that, no. I've been chained to my computer, so tomorrow is it. It is going down. Understand. I'm all in, all day. So why don't uh, why don't we uh, kick it over to Tomboy here? You're going to do the introduction for our yet another mm-hmm. superstar guest tonight, correct? Yeah. So they they I guess I finally got my way tonight. We get to talk some tigers, and we are talking with a guy who is in like the heart of tiger country out in the northwest. Uh, he lives in Washington State. Um, I actually got talking to this guy a while ago, and it wasn't until like a while, like a good bit of talking to him, that I realized I had listened to him on another podcast talk about Tiger Muskie, and it was awesome. Like I still, to this day, use things that I heard in that podcast or try to use them. Um, a really cool guy, man. He's just been awesome and setting this up and really flexible. And uh, we're real excited to talk to him tonight and pick his brain about these tigers. Uh, that guy is Ryan Elizondo. Yeah, right, nice. That was what I was going to say. Did I get that right? You did. You did. Cool, Appreciate cool. you boys having me on. Glad Thanks. to have you, man. Thanks very glad to on. have you, man. And don't blow me up too much, Tom. I mean, I'm only in this tiny, tiny little piece of the, the musky world over here in the Northwest. So Yeah, but... Hey. Pretty good tiger but, fishing out that way, though. Oh, I'm I'm really interested to kind of learn about it because I mean I see the pictures, but you don't. I don't even know. I don't know the first thing about you know tiger musky fishing out west. So you know, first and foremost, really, Ryan, tell us a little bit about yourself. Like you know, w- you don't fish for traditional muskies, so to speak. Like what what do you do? So I kind of I've been all over the place for quite a number of years before I ended up out here. Uh, grew up outside of Chicago, uh, fishing with friends up in northern Wisconsin. We'd go to southern Illinois, go down to Kentucky, fish Cave Run, Indiana. So we kind of went all over the place. Traditionally, never really targeted tigers until I got out here. Um, but but you tar- but you did target muskies? Like you yes. were a muskie guy before, before going out there? Absolutely, yeah. Okay. I, uh, I started off when I was about 18, uh, senior year of high school is when I got into it, uh, caught my first one and then, uh, shoot, we're 18 years already down the road. So, um, but yeah, learned a bunch of different tactics, fishing 
several different types of bodies of water. I mean, you go from gin clear stuff to cave run where you're fishing parking lots and garbage dumps and whatever else floats in that darn system down there. So it's uh, it's been a challenge and definitely seeing what these fish out here will uh, will eat. So when you got when you got started, was I mean your first muskie was it right there in Illinois? Yeah, it was a small little lake called Lake Shabnaw. I think it was like a thirty-seven. My first muskie on a bucktail. Uh, blame my buddy Kevin for getting me into this damn sport, and now uh, that's where all my money goes. Mm-hmm. So Join the club. <laughs> You're telling us. You still have money left. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> What's money? I don't even know what that is anymore. You sign on the dotted line. You mean I can't pay for things with these baits? No, I mean maybe I'm the flea. <laughs> so, so uh, starting, so you get a first muskie at you know 37 inches or so. Like, where do you go from there? Like, do you do you get right into it, or do you just is it casual, or what happens? Yeah, it, it took about a year for me to get my first one. So, I mean, I mean, just like it is today, you got to put in your time, you got to grind and it's going to happen. Um, after that, uh, with that buddy meeting some other fishermen and everything that like to fish for muskie, uh, we explored, uh, from there kind of did a trip with his family up the lake of the woods, finally experienced that for the first time. And then meeting other guys going to like Southern Wisconsin, fishing the Madison chain and things like that stuff a little bit closer. And then venturing off to Southern Illinois, there's a lake called Lake Kincaid. I don't know if you guys are familiar with it. Um, And then going to Cave Run. So those are the two of the lakes. I mean, we do weekend trips, drive six plus hours on a Friday, right after work. Sometimes we drive straight to the water, get on the water, fish all day, and then do the same thing the the Sunday, and then drive straight back. We were Like from Illinois? Yeah, from Illinois. Yeah. So we were... We would travel and we would uh, we wouldn't get home until like 2 a.m. on Monday morning and then go back to work and then do it again the next weekend. So it was, it was pretty wild. Now, how often would you go north to Canada as opposed to like south to, to Cave Run? Uh, we go north usually uh, once a year. Now, the trip that happens with a bunch of my friends is they go to Eagle Lake up in Ontario uh, yeah, uh, and we do that usually once a year, but obviously COVID—that's really screwed that up. Um, but those guys are going again this year, and unfortunately, with everything, can't go this year. But hopefully, next year I'll be able to go with those guys again. But Eagle Lake is definitely the place we go to pretty much frequently. Yeah, that's that's definitely one hundred percent on my bucket list to to make it out to Eagle Lake. It's beautiful. I'm with you on that one, Owen. Well, we'll, we will, we will make that happen, Donnie. I I'm, I'm convinced there's Eagle Lake and Lac Sewell up there are, are like my two that I really want to get to. Uh, I mean, obviously there's a, you know, a ton of others, but you know, I, I want to make the effort to get up there. Yeah. It's a, it's a heck of a good time and definitely teaches you different strategies on how to target fish back at your home waters as well. I mean, everybody goes up there, gin clear water, and, but those fish follow, and a lot of those eats are on the figure eight. And definitely tuning in your figure eight game when you get home is, is something really well, really good. Now, how do you, you know, how do you go from from that to where you are out in Washington, you know, chasing 
tigers in again gin clear water right yeah fairly clear you can usually see about 10 to 15 feet so i mean it's clear um, on my home water lake taps um, how i ended up out here my sister has been out here for quite some time um, fortunately i lost my mother when i was 21 and i don't know fishing was kind of the thing that really kept my head on straight i mean after losing your mother you can kind of go yeah. down a rabbit hole all the bad shit happens i'm sure so that was my way of kind of getting away from it all as well. We go on these weekend trips and do that. My sister was still out here. She uh, ended up moving back to Illinois and then they came back out here. And then I finally said, you know, let's come see my nephews. Let's, uh, let's go and try this. Knew there was tigers out here. I made a couple trips to visit my sister before I moved here and caught my first tiger uh, on Lake Taps, double show girl. Uh, bright pink. Never caught a fish on it ever again. Ah, no kidding. <laughs> ah. Isn't that the way it always goes? Oh yeah. <laughs> I like. I never throw pink. I uh, I think that's probably an underrated color. I think uh, I've I've caught fish on pink. I've caught f- fish on a number of pink baits, uh, and I I like it. I think it I think it shows up shows up nice in the water, especially clear clear water. I mean, you know, obviously, I mean, I think that goes for any any of the, of the brighter colors, the clearer waters. You're you're gonna you know see those better. But I don't know, pink is I underrated, underrated. I think it's kind of funny because that was the thing everybody thought pink was for tigers, and I've ever since that fish, my whole tackle box is full of all natural color baits. I rarely have any really bright stuff. So, I mean, our water is fairly really? darn clear, so I don't throw a lot of bright, but it's a confidence thing for me. Huh. That's interesting. Um, why do you think that is? I don't know. I honestly couldn't tell you. I mean, even on like a bright, sunny day, I do good on black, things like that. I mean, black and nickel is obviously everybody's staple, um, but all the natural colors. But you do throw in like some of your purples and things like that, and our clear water is more of like a kind of like a turquoise green green instead of gin clear um so i mean just i don't know it's weird and probably because it's cloudy always over here for the most part that is interesting i'd never really thought about that i mean you you would i guess in my mind i always think that you know clear water you want to throw brighter brighter colors but i mean then again if you're throwing black and nickel kind of that nickel always you know, is the bright flash in, in, in clear water that can make a, make a big difference. I mean, do you throw a lot of bucktails or, you know, what, what are you normally fishing with? Uh, I use a lot of, I throw a lot of rubber, to be honest. Um, it can range from tubes to medusas to bulldogs, whatever it may be. Um, obviously the swim baits have taken off too over the last couple of years. Those have done well. Uh, and bucktails. Yeah. Certain times of year, usually, July is when we really see it where a bucktail bite will kind of turn on once that water gets closer to 70 degrees. And they're eating bigger blades as well, double eights to double tens, and they're eating them. Um, I know there's kind of a, a lot of people say downsizing, downsizing, downsizing for these, for these fish, but I mean, I've caught a 30 inch on a pounder out here. I mean, it's yeah, that blew my it, mind when he was telling me this stuff. Yeah. I, I hear that all the time too here. Downsize, downsize, downsize. Like, for the tigers and i think it's a certain time of year for sure and i think that's just purebred muskies and tigers as well i mean yeah spring everybody says downsides 
Well, my biggest fish this year came on a 10 inch tube. So, and that was in <laughs> yeah. April. And so you have an open season like we do here. You're because it's all stocking, right? Correct. Correct. Yeah. 100% stocking here. Uh, they started here in 1988. Uh, my home water was stocked first in 2000. So, um, yeah, we actually, my girlfriend and I, Lynn, we helped with the stocking with the WDFW uh, just a few weeks back. Uh, we put about 1,000 10 to 15-inch tigers in Lake Taps. So they're pretty, but they're kind of like ours here. They're a little bigger than Fry or like. Yeah, oh, yeah, like, 10 to 15-inch. That's, that's. I mean, what Jared says, I, I think the yearling that they the yearlings that they put in are typically between you know 12 and 16 inches sometimes bigger than that so yeah that makes sense that sounds like they're stocking yearlings yeah or, you, you know year year mus- muskies whatever what the hell whatever they all you call it's a yearling you're right <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and their survival their survival rate is much better i mean you mm-hmm. look at the fingerlings i mean you're looking at maybe 10 if you get 20 percent, you're doing really well but maybe 10 percent, and now you're looking at the the 10 to 15 inches you're getting pretty much a 75 to 90 percent return on that which is good yeah i want to i want to cross-reference ryan's uh youtube videos because ryan has done a number of videos on the pennsylvania hatchery uh jared our ryan i'm sorry ryan reed (laughs) fishing fishing pa with ryan reed uh he's done a number of videos with with uh jared sayers from the pennsylvania uh, hatchery and it is just absolute the whole the entire process of how how muskies get stocked is just amazing and pennsylvania has a very active program both with uh purebred and also with hybrids so the hybrid section of it i mean I, i'm sure we have listeners here that that are going to be that fish some of these waterways here in Pennsylvania that are stocked almost exclusively with hybrids. So while, while our guest Ryan is out in Washington, I think this conversation has a lot of relevance to, to guys around here because there's these little, little impoundments and whatnot that are, that are stocked with tigers. I mean, it's, and they can be found. It's not just that Owen. I mean, I, I, you got a guy right here that wants to hear it. They've been putting them in my river five minutes from me for 10 years now and i've yet i've yet to find one i want the, i want uh, ryan here to tell me how to catch one <laughs> of these buggers because i'll i catch pures but i can't find the tigers for the life of me i don't know well, so I, I think that kind of <laughs> jumps ahead to the question of like you know how do they di- how do they differ like are the, are the well, why don't are we the, start? Why don't we uh, yeah. season? So you guys spread start. Through. Yeah, I'm sorry to hop through. I, I, tend, I tend to get a little scatterbrained, and, I, and I want to jump right into the meat. I got of things, a couple so. questions I, queued up. That's for someone sure. else. Someone else start. Okay, before beginning. before we get into absolutely <laughs> anything else, I need to ask a question on behalf of Owen, and that is: if you've ever built a muscular, what epoxy are you using? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and do you want to come to Hunks weekend? And do you want to come to Hunks weekend? <laughs> hey, the price of plane tickets, I don't know right now. It's pretty bad. Yeah, Holy I know. <laughs> no, Why don't we but, start? Hey, to your question, Ryan, to about Owen. I, I don't know. I know the guys pretty well, Tony Sticker and those guys with the Brotherhood guys. And I I've never done it, but I think that's a pretty good product from what I hear. They got their own little epoxy and sealer. There you go. There you go. Got it. 
New one Write for the list. All right. Well, now that we got that out of the way, why don't we start? <laughs> we'll start in the spring and just take our, take us through the year. I mean, let's talk about like the things you see that line up with the muskie, the things you see that are different. I know there's a couple. Obviously, I had a few questions. I'll just let them fly as they come up naturally. And well, we're we're gonna start playing a drinking game every time Tom mentions his notes in his phone. Everyone <laughs> takes no, a I drink. Got, I got paper ones tonight. Can you hear it? <laughs> Well, you know what? These these tigers, I don't know if they're smarter or they're stupider. Who knows? But <laughs> honestly, they, they are a challenge in the spring, and it's all over the, the tiger range. I mean, I've got a lot of buddies in Utah. They fish them. Um, but that before 60-degree water temps, it, you're going to be kind of challenged to find them for sure. Um, I see it on Lake Taps. Our water is lowered every, uh, every winter. So it could be anywhere from 10 to 15 feet down. So that can be a challenge just to get on the water in like the winter time. It doesn't freeze here. Um, but as that water comes up, yes, you'll see them start moving into some of the shallow areas. Now, uh, do they do a faux spawn? I've seen it. I've seen them paired up before. I technically have never, I've only seen it once, honestly. Uh, there has been reports of fish dropping eggs when you, after catching them or anything, seeing them spew out eggs. I've never had it happen, um, but they got to go through the motions. I, I would presume. Yeah, th- I, that's what I've always wondered whether, like in a in a in a in a waterway that doesn't have anything else, it's purely stocked. Do they go through the motions or not? And have people seen them go? Because that's part of finding where the fish are in the spring is naturally, you know, where's their spawning beds and where, you know, where are they going to go right after that? Yeah. And I, I think with that water level down too, as well, they, I mean, they're so used to being out in that deeper water over the years. And they're just that fluctuation every year, every year it's up and down, up and down. I think those fish feel more comfortable in that deeper water, to be honest. Fishing a lot of that deeper breaks too, uh, coming in the spring, but obviously that first emerging weeds, those will hold bait fish and then kind of sneak in those muskies sneak up there as well. Um, that bigger one I caught in April this year, that was just right up on a flat, a real, real big point that comes out, but eight feet of water, just sitting up on the flat sun in itself. That was it. So tell us, a, tell us a little bit about the water that you are fishing. Like what, you know, as opposed to if you fished Illinois, you fish shield lakes, what is the water? Like are you fishing like kind of like a, a basin or what's it look like? Uh, it's a reservoir. Uh, it's a lot of standing timber. It would kind of be more similar to like a cave run uh, where you still have standing timber out in deeper water. Uh, but the water doesn't fluctuate as much as they do down there. Uh so there's endless amounts of structure. I mean, you got open water humps, you got, you got timber still standing out in 30 to 40 feet of water. There's old railroad trestles. Uh, it was dammed off in the 1920s, I believe. And so there's, there's still structure in 40 feet of water, still those railroad trestles, which is pretty wild, especially when you pull it up on the graph and you see that. Usually a lot of clear water too, I think, from what we were talking about. Yeah, about 10 to 10 to 15 foot visibility on the main lake. There are certain parts of the lake where it could be a foot or two, uh, but there's majority of it is 10 to 15 feet visibility. Which I told him is kind of bizarre because that sounds a lot like our Tiger Lake here. Well, I mean, I, I can't speak for everybody in PA, but the one we have close to home, that sounds exactly like ours. Well, Real... and, 
and Tom, we've talked about that too, is mm-hmm. the other two lakes on this side of the state uh, are even clearer than Lake Taps. Mm-hmm. And those are the super deep ones. You got 100, 150, 200 foot holes in those lakes as well. Um, and yeah, you can, you can see those fish from a mile away. You would think, you would think, but they are camouflaged better than you, you would think. Uh, mm-hmm. most. How do you, uh, uh, what lake is it that, that you fish like taps? Yeah. Lake taps. And that's and in how, Bonner, oh, how big is it? Uh, 2,700 acres to 2,900 acres, depending on the water level. Okay. So it's a fairly decent sized lake. Yeah. That's about how big the other two lakes on this side of the state. There's a total of seven lakes in Washington that are stocked consistently. There's a few smaller ones that are on the east side of the state where it's a little hotter. It's it's more like a desert over there, but it does freeze in the wintertime. So there's a there's a lot shorter growing period for those fish over there. And absolutely no pure muskie. Like if you guys want to chase muskie or chasing tigers, you don't have a choice, right? Yep, absolutely. There's no peers at all. Yeah. Well, that makes sense why you guys are so tiger obsessed and good at it then. Yeah, I wouldn't say there's not that many of us, honestly. Really? There's probably, there's probably a good two to three dozen people that consistently target these fish, too. There's Shit, not I'm a moving, lot of education. I'm moving to Washington then. Hey. That, sounds like, that sounds like a boat ramp on a Wednesday around here. Oh, well, you got to deal with the pleasure boaters on Lake Tap. Uh, okay. We have a lot That's of that. That's a little slaughter. Yeah, Wake borders and... and all that yeah there's a lot of that on lake taps uh and they're not very considerate i'll say that um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, i can only imagine are. it could be at, a pain in the ass i'm looking at a picture of lake taps right now and there's a giant mountain range directly behind it That's, that is uh, uh mount rainier okay all right yeah i haven't like wow. cascades i haven't yep. like geographically looked at this until now and that that area looks absolutely beautiful. If you look at tiger pictures from out there, they look like photoshopped or something because you have mm-hmm. this big, giant, beautiful tiger, and then mountains and like blue skies in the background. It looks it's bizarre looking. Yeah, if you see blue skies, Tom, that's rare. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A little rare. wet. Yeah, it's been one of the worst springs I've ever experienced since I moved here. It's been horrible. Water temps are still ranging in the low sixties. It's like the opposite out this way. We're on the up and up. Yeah. I don't, I don't feel like we have, and I know there's, there's a few lakes here in PA that have like super clear water. You're talking like gin clear. I can't remember the last time I was on a lake here that was gin clear. Or Tiger Lake, Ryan. I mean, maybe Conneon. Oh yeah. I don't know. I, I haven't seen those conditions in a while. But I think are that's they, where a lot of that, the downsizing thing comes from, because these tigers are usually in that clear water. I mean, maybe from what I'm seeing around here, I think that's how it starts, too, is you're, you're seeing these fish from 10 feet away, like you're saying. So guys instinctively think, OK, maybe I got to go smaller. Maybe I have to, you know, maybe that's where it comes from. I don't know. I mean, yeah, it works. Of course it does. I mean, the bass guys catch them all the time. Yeah, that, too. It, yep. it doesn't matter where you're at. It, the bass fishermen are going to catch the muskie. Us tiger guys or us musky guys are going to catch the bass, mm-hmm. catch some of the biggest bass that those guys would love to catch. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yep. Very true. And that's how uh, it is here too. There's always a bass tournament, and I ask the bass guys, "Are like, oh yeah, we we broke off six tigers today." It's okay, cool. Yeah. As I was just there for 14 hours and had like one follow. 
So, wow, so I'm uh, so I'm looking I'm looking at Lake Taps right now, and that is right in like right outside of Seattle. Yeah, we're about an hour south of Seattle with without traffic. Yeah, I mean that is. I was thinking, I guess in my head, I had, I had in my head that it was this was like you know, much more, I guess inland than. I mean, it is it still is much you know it still is significantly inland, but. <clears throat> Wow, that's the location is very interesting. I would I would recommend to our listeners to look it up on your phone and see where it is because that's that that's not far from from Seattle at all. No, it's not at all, and definitely. I mean, Ryan, you probably probably take some business trips out this way, so you now you know who to call. <laughs> I haven't I haven't made yeah. it that far west, but I uh, I hope I do someday. Well, I got to talk to Kelly about maybe getting a getting yeah. a Mac discount out there in Seattle. <laughs> And they have air conditioning out there too. (laughs) Rarely do we have air conditioning. (laughs) (laughs) So what I, so just out of curiosity, what, and, and I probably should know this, but again, I haven't done any homework per typical Ryan Reed podcast time. I, uh, what's the biggest tiger you've caught Ryan to date? Biggest one I've handled is a 48 and a half inch. Uh, handled quite a few four footers. Biggest one I've ever seen. I uh, found it basically, it was towards its end of its life. It was 49 and a half was the biggest one I saw in Lake Tabs. I know there's one in there. there I've been chasing it for 10 years now. It's going to happen. So mm-hmm. one of these days it's going to happen. Uh, there is a fish. It, it still haunts me because I had it to the bag three times and it came off. So every time we talk about that, my girlfriend, she, uh, she's, she knows. Yeah. <laughs> she knows I was pissed. We'll get, so we'll so how many other, uh, you know, I have other guys. I mean, what's the biggest fish out there that you've heard of? Not necessarily out of Lake Taps, but out of the, you know, that you said there are seven or so lakes that are stocked. Like what's the biggest one that you've heard of or the, you know, you know what are, what are people looking at? There's, there's been a few 50 inches caught on the East side of the state. Those lakes are a little smaller, but like I said, the, the range for it's like a desert over there. Yeah, it's a smaller growing period, but it is hot over there. I mean, they get 80 degree plus water temps, and those fish have to feed because their metabolism is so going mm-hmm. so fast. Um, another good example about the heat and how fast some of these tigers are growing is Utah. I talk about it all the time because I do have a good connection with a lot of good anglers from that area, and we bounced ideas off of each other. Um, they have fish that are reaching 52, 50, a little bit over 52 inches. That's a and massive, how, massive. How tiger. old is that fish? How old is that fish? Do you think? I, I mean, I, I don't expect you to know the answer, but no. how old do you think? Um, actually, some of those studies we worked with the Utah uh, DNR, they, I think one of those 52s was only about an eight to 10 year old fish. Yeah. And that, that kind of goes to we, you know, when we had Joe C on, he was talking about the the Mahi Mahi being, you know, the like the perfect fish because it it grows so fast and, and fast it, it, and dies yeah. young. <laughs> and you know, the, there was a 48-pound fish caught and it was only like five years old or something like that. So, you know, the 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 fact that the tigers are growing like that, whereas a fish in Lake of the Woods or Eagle Lake is growing at a glacial pace compared to that type of a tiger muskie. And that's how it is here too. I think that these, it takes a long, long time for these fish to reach that four foot range. Um, 
I mean, our, I mean, we don't see water temps that get over 80 degrees, maybe one week out of the year, but that's all. It's And it's really? the water's cold. Uh, the two other lakes on this side of the state, they're usually 10 degrees colder than Lake Taps, roughly about 5 to 10 degrees. Um, and it's, I mean, it's fed by a really, really deep river system that you can go up in the river and it's still 40 degrees. And the main lake is, could be, the surface temp could be 70. It's, it's wild to see that. I had to ask about the length thing, not because we, you know, maybe some guys do, but we don't judge by length, you know, on fish caught, anything like that. But I was curious, cause like, to me, you know, we have a lot of purebreds here. Like we do have lakes that have tigers, but like, I've never caught a tiger. You know, I, I don't even know that I've ever actually seen a tiger in person, you know? So it's like, to me, it's like this, like uh, very special thing. And I haven't even, I haven't even caught a muskie to date. That's been over 45 inches. So, hey, you know, you got to appreciate every single one you catch. Yeah. I've caught 25 inches this year on mag dogs. I still appreciate them because <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna help you find the bite. That's it. Yeah, you gotta just, appreciate every single bite you get. I was curious because I see those pictures of those like big tigers, you know, like the even like anything over like 45, 46, 48. And it's just, dude, to me that is just such a special fish. Mm-hmm. You know, like I may never get to hold one. I may never get to see a tiger. You know, unless I go sweat it out with Tom. Also, yeah, I was right? going to say step one is you have to go, Ryan. That's yeah, the first but, part. You you have to leave the purebred musky lakes and come to the tiger safaris with Tom. Hey, That's started, not true. You can just go somewhere where there's both. Mm-hmm. Well, I was yeah. going to say, don't some of those pure lakes, you have pike in there, right? Any of those we lakes have do. pike? Yeah, we do, but it's it's not common to see like the natural tigers. We do see some. Well, we don't. With, we don't have a lot of natural reproduction. Yeah, that's a big thing too. For, for any, you know, period. But, you know, there are a couple like natural lakes. Like, I mean, I've always suspected that you could maybe get, find one at like Conneaut, for example. I mean, there's a healthy pike population and a pretty, there's always been muskies there too, but I, I've never really heard anybody catching one there. So I don't know. I think it's pretty special though. You get a, get a natural right. tiger. I mean, that's, that's right. definitely something special. Um, I mean, you look at Lake St. Clair and those things. I mean, those guys are catching some monsters and even Northern Wisconsin. I mean, those natural tigers are beautiful. Mm-hmm. And you, you guys have probably seen some of the pictures from out this way. You get some of the tails, you get like the fork tails. Some of the fins are all jacked up. Um, and that's from the hatchery mm-hmm. from years past. I mean, I mean they've gotten better. They really have. I mean, those stockings we just did this year, I mean, all the tails were really, really good. There wasn't any – I mean, they weren't throwing up the west side or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, I mean, everybody sees it. Oh, that's that's a Washington fish because you can see the tail. You know the fins are all jacked up or something. Got mm-hmm. some weird deformity. Some looks like one just ran into a dam or something. Uh, <laughs> and then you look at these ones out of Utah – because they are stocking them as finger links. I mean, those fish are beautiful compared to some of ours. I mean, we still get, we get plenty of beautiful fish out here, but it's just, there's quite a few of those deformities too. Well, you said, uh, you mentioned someone a little bit ago. You're, I want to get back into the seasonal thing, but I want to talk about her real quick. You mentioned your girlfriend and from our little talks we've been having, it sounds like she's a pretty uh, hardcore tiger huntress as well. Maybe equal to you, I guess. 
as far as yeah. motivation and let's say I created a monster to be honest <laughs> she has got the bug um, but she's a hell of a, let's just say a hell of an angler uh, mm-hmm. and she's got a passion for it I mean she grew up actually in Illinois about a half hour from where I grew up uh, and we met out here online and somehow some way uh, I took her out on the first trip I think it was like a third date and I said hey you want to join me on my boat and we'll go fishing and she said, yeah, and she's fished as a kid, but she, she didn't know what she was up against. And we hooked a 45 and a half the first time I ever took her out. I'm like, oh, shit, here we go. That sealed it's, the deal then. Oh, yeah. I caught you the Absolutely. fourth date for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was crazy. And now <laughs> she's just, she's an animal. Anytime she's over, um, she's over here at least three days a week and weekends, every other weekend. And any opportunity we get, she wants to go. And she's, she's drives real hard to find that bite. I put her up in the front of the boat and I have confidence that, Hey, if she's going to move one, she's going to, she's going to, she's going to connect with it. So That's she's awesome. done really well. Um, just, I mean, even we haven't gone into trolling or anything, but like trolling, I remember listening to you guys last podcast and talking about, Hey, there's the question. Is it, is it a catch or not? Mm-hmm. No, you're putting in the work. And that's mm-hmm. what I always do. I mean, she's there. She's setting lines. She's cleaning weeds. She's doing all that, too. Yeah, I'm, my, awesome. I'm driving the boat. She takes care of her rods on her side. I take care of my rods on my side. So it's, it's, it's a team effort for sure. How and many lines there. can you guys run per person out there? Uh, we can run two lines on Lake Taps. There's a, it's called a two-rod endorsement. Only certain lakes throughout the state, even for, like, trout fishing or anything. Is that, like, two per boat or two per person? Per person. Oh, okay. Yeah, but there are other lakes that you can only still use only one line per person. Um, like one of the lakes called Lake Mayfield, that's one lake that you can only use one per person no matter what. Um, but taps you can use two. It's, a, it's not per boat. Um, so if I have other people in the boat, we can run up to whatever many rods we can as long as everybody has a two-pole endorsement. Huh. That's interesting. So What's your guys' regulation there? Here in uh, PA, we're three. allowed to run three per person. You lucky bastards! Mm-hmm. But, in, but in but in Ontario, in Ontario, where we go, uh, where I go in in the fall, you can only run run one per person. Yep. So it's you know that's really limiting. It, it almost mm-hmm. it really limits the you know the I guess the the mathematical advantages of trolling, which is putting multiple lines out there. Um, you know, if you can only run one line per person, you're really not, you're not really covering that much more ground, you know? Yeah. I I think that's why, you know, the, like Minnesota and I think Wisconsin still that way for the most part too. And those diehard kind of old school musky states that are still one rod states are all predominantly casters and they still all kind of snubbed the nose with the trollers a little bit, you know, but yeah. I, I think that all comes from, you know, yeah, if you're only have, if you're only allowed to use one rod, I'd probably cast two all, all the time, but not me, most baby. of the time anyway. I'm putting on a legend plow and I'm going <laughs> full speed, five miles an hour. Well, let's let's bring it back in and get back into the seasonal thing. Cause I, th- where, where we leave off, we left off on spring, I think. <laughs> Yeah, we were. This is like four, 45 minutes ago. We were talking about spring. Screw, screw the, the seasonal thing. Let's. Okay, screw the seasonal. Let's talk thing. about. I'm just spring. Kidding, figure it out after. 
<laughs> so here's uh, what I gotta say. I, well, let's let's say. Do okay in the spring. We talked about they don't they don't spawn. You know traditionally spawn, so you can't find traditional spring spawning beds or spawning grounds. You know what's the first thing that you begin to look for in the spring or, you know, when you go out there, like what's your first thing that you're looking for to catch fish out there in Washington? Because guys here in PA or, or, you know, on our side fishing for traditional muskies, we know we're looking for weed lines. We're looking for rock humps. We're looking for breaks, things like that. What are you looking for out there? I kind of go with the same tactic. I mean, I would go after peers. I mean, finding those warmest bays or anything right off of access to deep water. So those fish feel safe. They can run out the deep water if they're in danger or something like that. Obviously, finding the bait, that's kind of in tune as well. Um, But spring is very, very challenging. I mean, that 50-degree water temp, you're going to get very few and small opportunities, but you want to put it in your your hands and give yourself the best opportunity. I follow the moon phases a lot. I do. Um, I follow majors and minors. If I could fish one during the day, I definitely want to doesn't mean they're always going to eat enough absolutely we've seen that all over the range what's um, the forage base like like you know in the spring what do you look when you say where the bait fish are what is your forage base and why were why were tigers introduced to try to control whatever the whatever the forage base is great question uh our forage base here on taps is mainly perch crappie we have bluegill as well uh there's a big carp population and suckers the reason they were put it in Lake Taps was to kind of control that bait fish. There's a big smallmouth population as well, and kind of cut down on that. The other lakes here on this side. Really, of the state, that's that's that, yeah. that's that's interesting. Mm-hmm. You never heard? I've never heard that before. We have too many bass. Let's put some muskie. Right, right. Let's get rid of those <laughs> damn bass. There is so many smallmouth, and it's a great fishery for smallmouth. There's five, six plus pound smallies that are in this lake. Um, but the other lakes, it's the squawfish, the pike minnow. And there's a high, high abundance of those in the two other lakes on this side of the state. So that's why it was to cut down those. Um, and I think I shared this with somebody else was on the Columbia River, they put a bounty on uh, squawfish. So if you harvest them, you can get, get some money. So they give you a certain dollar amount per fish just to take those fish out of the system. Huh. Okay, that kind of goes to what we were talking about on the Joe C episode yeah. where the snakeheads, like they can't force you to kill something, but they can give you a financial you incentive a to kill it. Hunter. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, cap- capitalism at its best. <laughs> Only the strong survive. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, but even those, those squawfish, I mean, they're like, they get up to like 23 to 25 inch, inches. They'll eat musky baits. Hmm. Squawfish, I mean, if you look at it, it kind yeah, of is like a what is what is a squawfish? It's a pike minnow, but it, if you look at it, it's got like a sucker kind of mouth. Um, but yeah, they're they'll eat musky baits. It's wild. It's really wild. Hmm. Well, I mean, That's moving ahead, we're going from you said spring, you're not really fine of them anywhere specific, whatever. Is is that water's heating up? I mean, I know like what we do for musky. What what do you start thinking of for the tigers? Are you starting to think like deeper water? Are you following the bait? Like what what's what's going on in Ryan's boat? Kind of looking, obviously, I cover a lot of water, trying to find those first emerging weeds, even if it's a foot off the bottom. It's gonna hold which fit. 
like you said, it blew my mind. I don't want to cut you off already, but what? trolling and stuff like I, are out this way, man, I don't ever hear success trolling for tigers. Maybe those guys just don't talk about it, but I never hear people trolling up tigers at our lake. So when you told me you were trolling them up four or five miles an hour, I was like, what? Don't say that, yeah, I'll, I'll beep that. I'll beep that. But I've, I've, I've watched YouTube videos of people trolling tigers up like uh, at the Kinzu. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you it's, know, which, which is a giant impoundment here. Yeah. I mean, but moving yeah. on from the spring, like like I said, covering that water and finding those first emerging weeds. Um, I mean, anywhere you go, you're you find the foot of, foot of weeds off the bottom growing in well, what could be eight to ten feet, whatever it is, it's gonna hold bait fish and the tigers are gonna follow them right up as well. Um, usually about that 60 degree water temp is really those fish start kind of moving and moving up tighter to the structure. Um, into the cover so we'll start seeing them i think uh just the other week got on a bite there's a weed edge that just started forming and trolling it trolling it nothing nothing on the deeper side going up and casting it getting up into the cover a little bit more and bringing it down that break was triggering fish i mean you get three bites in in 30 minutes it's I, i i feel like the tiger bite is a little bit smaller windows I mean, yeah. a okay, lot so, so I guess, you know, the, the typical shtick is that tiger muskies are much more aggressive than, than your, you know, purebred muskies. I mean, that doesn't, I don't necessarily think I've heard that from anybody that actually fishes for tiger muskies. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're still ferocious. I mean, we're all chasing it just for that initial strike is like right. the biggest thing. Um, yeah, I think at times when, I mean, when they're hungry, they're hungry, they're going to eat anything, honestly, um, kind of going into that, the figure eight has been something that everybody like seems to shy away on tigers that they got that pike in them. They're not, they're, they're boat shy. It's not the case. It really isn't even in that clear water. I mean, you think about, I mean, going back, oh, when we're talking about Eagle and Lake of the Woods and all those, those bodies of water are. I mean, majority of it is crystal, crystal clear. And those fish will follow all day long. I mean, 75% of those fish those guys catch is all on the figure eight. I think it's all about how you go into your eight, honestly. I think instead of slowing down, you're speeding up. My, my thing is, it doesn't matter what style of bait it is. Those last 20 to 25 feet of your retrieve is speeding it up and firing that fish up just before it's going to eat just before it goes into the eight or it's going to be triggered ready to eat as soon as you go into that eight. right we've talked about how kind of as a beginner it can be really counterintuitive when you first see that muskie your first reaction is kind of oh i'm going to stop that bait because then the, the fish is going to eat it but ob- you know obviously the more all of us fish for muskies you begin to realize like that that just turns them off mm-hmm. you know that is that is the 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 quickest way to get a muskie to stop is to stop your bait somehow you speed it up so it's interesting to hear that that the tigers out west you know still have that same type of i guess mentality absolutely i i think over the a year span a season span i think i would say probably 20 to 30 percent of the fish come on the eight really that's yeah we get quite a bit um and that's something like i I've told my girlfriend Lynn and her up in the front of the boat, obviously first bait through, you're going to be contacting those fish right away. If you're not up on that game, 
you're, you're going to lose some opportunities. And she's seen it and she's had some fish that she is just there. You know, they're hot. They're going to eat and just learning, Hey, keep that fish engaged right into that eight and it, they're going to eat. Hmm. Right. And I, that's, yeah, that's really interesting. That's um, another clear water thing. I think like how guy that, cause I hear that all the time around here too. Guys say at our local lake, like they're not going to eat at the eight. Like you're, you're wasting your time, figure eight and just cast again. Like, and I think that's another like clear water thing. It gets in your head. Like, Oh, they're seeing me. They're seeing the boat. And I, I think that's another myth maybe. Well, let's go back it. to what Ryan just said. And it, it, it has a lot to do with how you are bringing your retrieve in. Oh, yeah. If you're bringing I mean, your the, retrieve the in and you're, of it, though, like why yeah, people but if you're bringing your retrieve river. in and you're bringing it directly to the boat, yes, that fish is, you know, looking directly up at you. But if you're bringing it in at the, at the right angle and you're, you're watching the fish, I, I think a good angler, you know, as you learn how to do this, Donnie, I can see you raising your hand. Well, I, now I got two, but. Go for it. <laughs> I so thought he was raising his hand because you said the, good angler. I, here's what I'm no, I'm gonna say. I think those rumors start a lot of times because people want to blame everything but themselves for mm-hmm. when a fish doesn't uh, eat the bait. That's why it's I don't not my fault. The water's too clear. They won't eat it here. <laughs> Stupid stuff like that. But no, my my question was gonna be when uh, uh, as we were talking about the casting fish and the trolling fish. I'm just I'm curious what your percentage from trolling to casting, you know, what would you say you, are you catching more trolling or are you catching more casting or how's that shake out? Is it seasonal? I'm sure there's some seasonality to it, but you're absolutely right. There is some seasonality to it as well. Um, I would say probably 60, 40, uh, 60% casting, 40% trolling. But I mean, I could catch a fish. I mean, if you stuck with it, you can catch a fish trolling all year round. You can catch a fish right. casting all year round. Um, but it, which fish are you trying to target? There are certain times of the year, uh, dead of summer, hotter than hell, you go up in the weeds, you're not going to find a big fish. You got to go right. out, to, out to the deep and kind of on the edges and, and find those bigger fish. And I think that's, that's one of the things kind of learning. I had a buddy up last year from uh from colorado and him and his daughter was fishing they were they were catching five and six fish days they were having great success and he said i can't find any big ones i can't find any big ones and i said they're not in the weeds they're not tight i think those bigger fish aren't comfortable there with all the boat traffic and everything in the heat of the summer come out that weekend after i get off work and they took a day break and fished dead dead of summer clear bluebird skies okay i had like a moon overhead i don't know why it's always pretty good in the summer when it's so hot but going out to those deeper basins fishing the river channel things like that and catching those fish that are mid to upper 40 inches out in those out in that water i don't think they i think they like to suspend out there and chase the bait versus being up in that that shit basically with all the, the wakeboarders it's funny because so we just had Glenn McDonald 54 bust on and I we, we didn't release that episode yet, but he was telling us for the Canadian tigers, he tends to find smaller tigers where you would typically find pike and the larger it, tigers where you would typically find your big muskie. Like that's the big muskie and the big tigers kind of align where it's I would the small agree, tigers. I would agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely agree with that. And I mean, Donnie. it's not so much 
fishing deeper. I don't think a lot of guys get, well, what are you doing? Why are you fishing? You're fishing. How are you catching these fish fishing so much, so much deeper? I don't think it's not about fishing deeper. It's just stepping one or two cast lengths off the weed edge mm-hmm. or whatever it may be. That. You're, or even on the troll, your baits are anywhere from two to eight feet down. That's it. It's not like you're fishing deeper. Mm-hmm. It's just where you're positioning yourself. That's super helpful. Hearing that for me was helpful. Like that made, that made me excited to go back at it again this year. Cause that's, I mean, I've been targeting them just like that. Like you said, in, in the dead of summer, up in the weeds, like right in the midst of all the boat traffic and hearing these things now, it's like, oh, duh. Like, why didn't I think of these things? Like, it's cool. Yeah. So. And there's times, I mean, obviously low light periods, they'll sneak up there and mm-hmm. go those weeds and stuff like that. If you get those deeper covers, I mean, that's obviously, that's going to be prime. You get weeds growing in 15 to 20 feet. That's, I'd, I'd stay there. <laughs> yeah. Well, Donnie, I saw Donnie. You had your hand up a, a couple, yeah, couple I seconds ago. Yeah, another question. Maybe I'm getting ahead of myself now. Nope. But there was there was another one that I wanted to ask, and it it, it dawned on me. Uh, it it's it's just kind of like a, a simplistic question, I guess. But I I remember reading in a book that Joe Booker wrote one time. I think it was I think it's just called Fishing Muskies. <laughs> and I I've read every piece of literature that i could find on muskies and pike for many years so if i could get my hands on it i've read it and i know this was a booker book i think it was just called fishing northern muskie northern pike and muskies or whatever but he had a a chapter in it on tigers and in there like in that chapter he said you know that he he believed that tigers were much more like pike than they are muskies and in a lot of the things that they do in the way that they act but i've never really got to talk to anybody who i'm i'm sure you've caught a number of pike i'm sure you've caught a bunch of muskies you've said that purebreds and now you target tigers so i'm curious what you think about that if you would say they their tendencies are more like a pike or if they're more like a muskie or if they're just their own animal or so, Donnie, are you asking if they're smarter or they're stupider? <laughs> Pretty much. Are they, are, are they e- smart or dumb? Yeah, equally as expensive. Uh, like, yeah. Not just in, not just in that, but like I just, I guess I just mean like in their habits and like you know where, because I mean I feel like even you know northern pike and our lakes aren't necessarily in the same locations as the muskies are in 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 the summer, you know, or in certain times of the year. So, or in the rivers for that matter, sometimes they are, but not all the time. So if I'm looking for a tiger in a, in a body of water where there might be both, should I be looking more where I'm finding purebreds or should I be looking more where I'm finding pike? I think they're going to be in the mixture of both. I mean, there's, there's going to be certain ones. I mean, like we were talking, smaller ones might be up in the weeds, tighter during the peak of the summers. Um, the bigger ones will be off the edge. Um, I was going to use an example. Sorry, lost my train of thought there. Um, we do it all the time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, finding them. I'm trying to think on that part. It's hard when you have five different questions always coming at you from five angles. Right. Yeah. I'm in the transportation industry, I, <laughs> all different angles <laughs> um i mean trying to find i 
I think they're dumb, honestly. I mean, they really are. <laughs> they do act they do act different than peers at times. Uh, I watch I, I don't know if you guys have ever seen this. Uh, there's this pike kind of tournament they put on in Europe, and it's all across Europe. Uh, it's the shoot. No, but I'm totally fascinated right now. Yeah, I kind of want to see uh, this now. Yeah, like I, I, now I want to watch. It's I want to learn about this instead of like watching Wicked Tuna and shit. Fly <laughs> versus jerk. That's what it is. I've heard Fly of that. Versus jerk. And I've, I watched it all winter long, just trying to see why, how the pike are reacting to the way these guys are fishing and why wouldn't they, you know, just speeding up their retrieves, things like that. And they're fishing in the dead of winter where a lot of these pike are kind of, they're going dormant. They're, you would think they lethargic. would be deep. Yeah, very lethargic. And you'd think they'd be going deep, but these guys are catching them up shallow. And it, it's, it's very, very strange and different tactics. Absolutely. And I think you can apply pike tactics and musky tactics to catch these fish. Um, go ahead. On hey guys, you, you know, we've always said musky hunks international hunks international is going to be uh, like 2025. We're going to go to Italy it's five year or plan. we're going to go to, we're going to go to either Italy or uh, where else? Switzerland, not fucking Texas, according to Ryan. Yeah. I'm no. telling you this right now. I'm not going on a pike trip before I go to Washington and catch a tiger. That's oh, no, 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 no. Part. It'll be much easier for us to go to, <laughs> to fly to Seattle and fish in Washington than it would be for us to fly to, to Italy. But, you know, I know Tom's well, fascination with these big European bike. Ryan, you were just in all the freaking heat. You could go to New Mexico and fish in that heat for tigers. Good. Do they have, are they stocked in, I know they were stocked in Colorado. I knew they were stocked in Utah. There is uh, that New Mexico. South. Yeah. New Mexico has them. Idaho, Montana. They're, I mean, they're pretty much everywhere now. It's pretty wild. See that blows Idaho and Montana are both North. You know, when, yeah. I'm, when I'm thinking of, you know, I don't know. It, it seems like New Mexico. That's, that's pushing the, uh, pushing the envelope a little bit. I, warm. I'm not, don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty I'm pretty positive that Arizona has stocked them too. Wow. I feel like you this is like the perfect like Tom scenario where you can wake up at like three in the morning, get your like breakfast Tex Mex burrito, and mm-hmm. just head right out for tigers. Yeah. Like, great stuff. Shit your shit your brains out shit and go out noon. and catch Todd. Wasn't tigers. even by noon the last time this happened. Donnie and I this were is fishing. True, it was by daylight. Wasn't even Wait, daylight. Is there right? another Mexican musky fisherman? Oh no, no. This, I, I just like <laughs> eat spicy. I thought I was the only one. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I am. I will say this. I am extremely disappointed that I didn't get to e- even indulge a little bit in the Tex-Mex while I was in Texas. It was really sad, honestly. I you really, you just worked the whole time, huh? I worked the whole time. We never, we didn't go. We we had to eat. I mean, we ate fast food the whole time. I was. It sucked. Too much text, not enough mix. Oh my god, I was looking forward to the food so much, and I didn't even get to eat any of it. Anyways, let's let's yeah, get back to the to, yeah, the, look, to the Washington. Bring Tiger it back muskies. in here, well, Ryan. You were saying before, like tactic wise, how you were chasing. And in my head, for some reason, I always thought a tiger muskie is like separate from muskie as far as like the baits, the tactics, and all that. And from the little talks we've been having, it doesn't really sound like you're doing a whole lot different than the average musky guy is around here. I mean, no. And like I said, I think it's a confidence thing for sure. And I mean, 
any predator fish, they're going to, they're going to take advantage of the injured mm-hmm. bait fish, whatever it may be. It doesn't matter the size. They're going to take care of it. They're opportunistic. They're going to, they're going to eat that big slow bait or whatever that paws of a, a mag dog or a big uh, diving rise bait, like a suic or something like that. I mean, they're going to take advantage of that for sure. Um, Do you fish many pie? diving rises like the, the suics and, and whatnot? Uh, suics, sledges, bobby baits, uh, certain times of the year, definitely. Yeah. But I mean, I'm trying to think. We've had some Octobers where, I mean, they're eating mag dogs in eight feet of water just over the tops of the remaining weeds, things like that. I mean, and like I said, catch a 24 incher on a mag dog. I mean, size doesn't matter. It really doesn't. Those fish are going to take advantage of that injured fish. How many times do you hear bass fishermen or pan fishermen that they're reeling in their fish and all of a sudden here comes a muskie and they catch a 40 plus inch fish on their fish that they just caught. They were going to take home. Oh, yeah. So they're, they're definitely opportunistic. That's fascinating to me. I think that's where I've been going wrong is I've been treating them as like their own kind of thing. And I'm, I'm, I'm overthinking it maybe. When you were telling me you're catching them on pounders and shit, it's just, I was like, no, he's not. There's no way. I don't, I don't, it throw, goes against... I don't throw pounders a whole lot. I mean, no. it's, that's a confidence thing. I mean, I yeah. think I'm getting minimal bites on them. Um, I had it one year where I got multiple bites on them, but mag dogs, I mean, that's, that's consistent bait. Obviously it's not for the, the average angler to be throwing that all day, but mm-hmm. you got confidence. I mean, you caught, I've caught 24 inches and caught 47 inches on, on Mac dogs. It doesn't. Yeah. It's just, Hey, but it, yes, you're going to throw that bait with confidence, but it also has to rely on what, what areas you're fishing as well. Mm-hmm. So if you're, if you're trolling 40% of the time, what type of trolling baits are you running? You, are you running more wooden baits? You running plastic baits? Cause we're, you know, over here on our side, we do a lot of these musky shows where, you know, a lot of these baits are made by our buddies and people here locally. And, you know, we, we're really into kind of the, the homemade bait making and a lot of the, a lot of that goes to trolling, you know? And so do you do any of the, you know, do you run any of the standard, you know, trolling baits, headlock, you know, the, the mat locks, things like that? I, I use quite a bit of a mixture. I got a, I got a 10 inch bait. I'm not going to say the name, just, it's been a hot one over the years and it's, I don't think that bait, it's usually a big fish magnet. I don't think that bait has touched many fish under 40 inches. It's just certain times of the year that bait just produces. I, I mean, I don't put it out all the time, but when those fish are moving, that's the type of bait. I mean, it could be grandma's, it could be slammers things like that. You guys have some of the best bait manufacturers there are over there on the East coast. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, all that stuff is it's hard to get that stuff out here. There's no bait shops or anything. It's all ordering online. You just uh, tell us we'll, we'll ship you. We, yeah, we, we got and, you, and, and these guys like <laughs> Ryan, you know, our Ryan Reed here, he's like the in guy. He's, he, yeah, can, but get I'm you, tell, he can get you whatever you want, man. I'm going to tell Ryan what I want. Then he's going to keep it for himself. Put it in his glass, in his glass case. It's like me, I recognize that one. I don't have space for any more baits right now. So you're, you're in good shape. <laughs> trust me. I either end up in the case or on a crib. One of the two. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not afraid to try that. I mean, 
different styles of crankbaits. I mean, you got your tough shed, you got your baby depth raiders, you got all those. Um, obviously they produce for sure certain times of the year. Um, but I'm kind of sticking with the traditional kind of musky baits as well too. Um, believers, things like that, jointed crankbaits. Um, I got a good buddy from New York that, uh, I don't know if you guys know of Andrew's baits by chance. He's up in New York. I and think he, Andrew's yeah, the show. Sounds, yeah, he was at the show. Yeah. Was and, he at the show? No, Andrew. There wasn't was, he? He was not at the show, but uh, Andrew oh. has helped me. He was the one that helped me develop Galashad. Oh, really? Holbert, yeah. right? Really? Andrew, Holbert. Andrew Holbert. And I actually have one of his baits sitting here on somewhere. I just moved it's it. It's in his file cabinet behind him. Yeah, he, I literally just it moved it. He really supports our chapter, uh, part of Chapter 65 out of Utah. Uh, he does an amazing job. That guy, he's a auto body painter, and his work is unbelievable. That is it. Oh, six wow. Six-inch square lip. Mm. Okay, uh, Ryan, so what? So what is that? I mean, Ryan, our Ryan Reed, you just showed something that, that our, our listeners can't can't see right apparently I, it's the juice for tom this oh, is that's a, round uh, lip. that's a round lip that's a six inch uh one of his six inch baits that he does that's made by color. what's and, his name andrew holbert from andrew's okay. andrew's musky baits all right up, up in new york and then i have actually right here too i have his uh the little chubby the original little chubby look at that it's a small world isn't it yeah it is. Yeah, Andrew's a great guy. If you guys have never talked to him personally, he uh, he's one hell of an angler, and he's even more talented with the with the bait making. His paint jobs are unbelievable. Are there any guys out your way making tiger like a, any tiger lure build? I don't really hear that. Yeah, like guys yeah, any, building any, tiger specific baits or no. specific. There's there's guys making like their own little bucktails and. Yeah. and so- fly guys are doing it they're making their own flies and stuff like that but there's not a, like i said the, the materials and everything obviously you got to order online i love seeing stuff firsthand before purchasing it that's why i still go to like the chicago muskie show i grew up there i know all all my friends are there and so i get to go to the muskie show and see friends so kill two birds with one stone all the time so i imagine your uh local sporting goods stores look a little like ours your your muskie sections are a little pathetic uh we don't even have them tom i was yep, gonna that's, say yeah, that's about there's no are. way they yeah tom there's no way their musky sections look anything like ours and ours oh. are pathetic yeah ours are pretty brutal i, I just think ours don't exist yeah. <laughs> no which that's a shame though because you guys have this up and coming like i mean i hear about it a lot now the whole northwest tigers like that's an up and coming thing it feels like people should be breaking into that market a little well, you would think so. Absolutely. I mean, they, I mean, the, I got a few good contacts with the WDFW now, um, but they don't push it as much. I think there's a lot more money in it than these, than anybody thinks, but it's all the salmon guys. You get mm-hmm. the salmon guys and the sound, all that. I mean, those guys are really, really strict on, that's what everybody comes to the Northwest for. Mm-hmm. Salmon, you, you hear the sturgeon stuff. Uh, Tiger muskies is just this tiny, tiny, tiny little portion of it everything here there's a lot out there overshadowing them mm-hmm. well yeah. i mean we've talked That's about that previously in that just musky anglers period you know just as a you know as a whole we are the smallest little percentage of what is already a small sport 
you know, fishing outdoors, you know, being outdoors like that, that is just, it's going down. And, you know, if there's anything that we can do to try to, you know, anyone can do to try to get people outside, you know, I think that's important because, you know, there's just, I don't know, man. We are a very small percentage that are that into something and care that much about it. And we really, you know, I feel like that that needs to be kind of said said out loud. I think we got a little bit. All of us anglers have a little bit of a loose screw in us. Maybe some ADD, whatever it may be. I oh, mean, yeah. to go out there and grind for twelve hours just to get excited about a foul. I mm-hmm. mean, those, those bass guys in it—they're not going to deal with that. Oh well, I, I I I use this example all the time. I mean, when people ask me what I go, what I do for vacation, and I say that, you know, for the last six years, you know, my vacation has been to leave my family and go to Canada for a week and fish for muskies and, you know, wear literally wear myself out and, you know, be exhausted and, you know, pissed off because I didn't catch, catch, you know, as many fish, but you know, that's how I want to spend my, if I have a week, that's how I want to spend my week. Even if it's frustrating, even if I'm pissed off, even if it, isn't as productive as I wanted it to be, man. That's, that's how I would prefer to, to be spending my entire week. Yep. I I absolutely agree with that. And then come back and you need another vacation just to rest. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And my (laughs) wife's like, why are you so tired when you get home? I'm like, I I didn't sleep. Exactly. (laughs) I literally fished for a week straight and drove 10 hours up 10 hours back. Like, and now I got to get up and go to work tomorrow morning, you know, but it was the same way when I was playing golf because I would do the same thing when I was a golfer, I would go to Myrtle beach and I would play 36 holes a day for five days straight. And I would come home and my wife would be like, why are you so tired? And it's like, uh, you know, I guess that's, that's probably why I'm in a freaking cast because I can't relax. I have to constantly be doing something. So moral yeah. story, golf sucks. Go tiger musky fishing. <laughs> moral of the story is it's it's all frustrating yeah. it doesn't really matter but just don't get on a skateboard because then that you can hurt yourself hey once we're over our 30s we can't do shit anymore absolutely <laughs> so what you know you just talked a little bit about like you know not being able to get baits out there like what uh what are you using to get all your stuff are you just ordering like off a of tro where where's your uh we all kind of have like a favorite place to order off of i'm just curious I mean, there's a, there's a few of them, and I've, and I've built some contacts over the years. I mean, I've obviously, I collected a bunch of stuff before I moved here. I had a whole arsenal of everything. Um, but, yeah, TRO, MTO, all those guys, I mean, oh, I will leave one out, but I won't even say that one because <laughs> they never have everything in stock that you want. Um, TRO, but, TRO, to my, to, in my opinion, has consistently kind of always always come through. Best Jeff and I've never I've never met Jeff for, but I've you know I listened to the podcast. He's always been everything's been top notch with him. Yeah, Jeff, Jeff's got the best customer service. Everything. I mean, any order you or, uh, order, get a little handwritten note. Absolutely, it's mm-hmm. it's first hand touch right there. Absolutely, I mean, and you don't see that much stuff. in this industry. Yeah, dude, that's the type of stuff that makes a difference. You know, and and you know when I. Generally, when I send out bucktails, I try to send a letter where I'm, you know, that where I say, hey, 
you know, thank you for ordering my bucktails, you know, here's just to, just for that exact purpose, because sometimes it's nice to see that have that little personal touch. Absolutely. It goes a long way and it doesn't matter what industry nowadays it is. I mean, especially in my industry. I mean, when my customers see me firsthand, I'm delivering their freight or whatever it is. It goes that extra step like, oh shit, this guy's getting his hands dirty. He's going to, you're going to make sure it, it's handled appropriately, which is great. So I right. think that's every industry, but the musket industry, you, you didn't see that years ago. And now it's kind of, it, it's good. It, I mean, we've attracted a lot of youth these days. Um, I'll kind of go into that a little bit too. Uh, I'm getting some questions quite a bit. I've been reached out by a couple guys out from your guys' area too, trying to figure out these tigers. Um have a young kid that lives on the lake here. He's 15. He's been a bass fisherman and his buddy caught a muskie and they claimed on some page that it was like 50 inches or whatever it was. And I, instead of calling somebody out on social media, right. Send a side message. Hey, just let you know if these guys are getting interested in this, they want to learn, show them the right tools, all that. First time I ever took them out. First thing we did, I said, we're not going fishing in this first 30 minutes. We're going to sit here. I'm going to show you cutters. This is going to be your number one friend. Mm-hmm. If it gets hooked in, you get a hook in your hand, the fish, it's, if you're attached to the fish with a hook in your hand, you're really screwed. <laughs> but just making sure these kids have all the right tools. And I don't think that's preached enough out this way, out West. Um, Tom, I don't think it's preached enough, you know, anywhere out here. Right. Yeah. Anywhere. You know, you just see people getting, you know, just ganged up on on social media because they posted on Facebook of all places that they mm-hmm. caught, you know, they caught a muskie on a worm and bobber and they're getting absolutely crucified because of the way they handled the fish. And it's like, you know what, if it's a guy that looks like they're really targeting muskies and they're they're treating a fish like that, that's a different story than some young kid that is probably in having a fly the, fishing vest with his push button rod and right and the, and, that is that is literally having a life memory you know like a a memory that they will never forget and you're going to try to shit all over it through your keyboard you know because you think you know more than everyone else and, you know that that's the type of shit in musky fishing that we really discourage and I, I i certainly get the feeling from you ryan that you're you know you you are not like that yeah, it's the social media things really, it's Awful. put a hurting on this industry um, and just everybody getting bashed about anything and everything. Uh, right. But all these kids now, they have all the tools right at their fingertips. You can learn the sport 10 times faster than when we were their age. Oh, yeah. uh, I mean, they have all the tools right there. Uh, going back to that day, I took them out, showing them the netting, whatever. And the one kid came down with his rods. He was all excited. Let's go fishing. And I'm excited. Okay, hold on. Slow down a little bit. I just, let's talk about this. But anyways, we got through that portion. They were all excited. Their parents were there. Ended up taking them out. First half hour, one of the kid catches one. He catches like 39 or something. They're super stoked. That was the best opportunity. I mean, we know we're musky fishermen. You don't get those opportunities a lot. To show them cutting hooks, how to handle the fish how to release the fish, what to do after you met the fish and just letting it relax and settle down. And I don't think there's enough of that going on. Obviously muskies, I, I, I'm saying more here on the West coast. There's not enough of that. And you guys say that the, the knowledge there is a little bit lacking as well. 
but I think it's us as the anglers to do our part to make sure we're teaching the next generation. Well, just as an example, you know, on I, the little lake we talk about, you know, here on the podcast a lot, it's a, that I go to, you know, I have a little cottage on, it's a very small lake. It's stocked. It's a brood stock lake here in Pennsylvania. So there's, it's very, it's, muskies are not a surprise, but if you posted a picture of a muskie on the Canada Lake Facebook page, that was like, if you posted a picture of a 32 inch muskie, you would get comments from people like, Oh my God. Like, I can't believe that fish is in the lake that, that we swim in. Oh my God. Like I'm never letting my kids swim in that place again. It's like, are you serious? That's six like, feet long. Right. Or like that is not even a big fish. And that's here in Western Pennsylvania where those muskies have been here forever, literally forever. They are natural. Like they're, they're, it's stocked now, but they are a natural fish here. I can't imagine what a, what a person, what, people think out in washington if they if this fish just happens upon their bait you know holy holy oh, shit <laughs> the the other week we're it was like the nastiest weather it was like 20 to 30 mile an hour winds obviously trying to run the boat and that is always fun trolling uh working against i think we we're going with the winter whatever it was we were going against the wind i think and we hooked this fish kind of close to a shoreline not very close but the wind took us as we're fighting this fish and it's, we're drifting in and I'm in and out of the throttle, just trying to keep us on, on point. And by the time we net this fish and get settled down, got the trolling motor in, just anchoring and holding us, I'm probably like 10 feet away from these people's dock. And they see all this, all this shit go down and they're like, Oh, look at the big fish this guy's got. And the lady comes out. She's like, please, please, please don't let that fish go right here. Can you right. take it to the other side of the lake? <laughs> yeah. Don't put it back there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And everybody, they don't realize that there's a regulation. Our our minimum size limit here is 50 inches. And oh, everybody, holy shit. Yeah, wow. so which is good. Yeah, absolutely. still don't understand that, that it's mm-hmm. basically a catch and release fishery. Everybody, I say half the homeowners don't realize how big these fish are in this lake. Yeah. And that they're I mean, in the lake. Why? Where do you think the whole lack of knowledge comes from? Because I mean, you said you have a musky zinc club. Do you? What do you? Where is it? Just a lack of popularity, or I think it's a, yeah, it's a lack of lack of popularity. Yeah. Um, and obviously, the sporting uh, stores they don't carry any of the right gear, yeah. so you're not seeing it firsthand. They don't mm-hmm. really know. There's a few select guys that. Uh, I mean, you guys have probably seen it on social media. There's a few lakes that have kind of blown up over here, especially mm-hmm. with the fly fishermen. And you'll see these giant, and obviously it's for popularity. I don't post everything I catch. Doesn't I don't need to. Um, I don't need, I mean, it's not like it's Green Bay where there's 300 <laughs> boats following you around, but keep your bites to yourself sometimes. Mm-hmm. And going back to these younger guys, some of them want it handed to them. You give them the tools, and this is just in any work atmosphere, whatever it may be, you give them the tools, they have to apply themselves. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where our younger that's- generations are having the difficulty, it, you know, zooming in on pictures, finding the background. Oh, well, it mm-hmm. did this thing. Well, you don't something know I know Donnie, Donnie has preached it a number of times that, you know, the, you know, it's, it's a, the most important thing is learning it, you know, figure kind of learning how to figure it out yourself and, and, you know, getting it on your own. And 
You know, there's a lot and of people I, in this world that want want things handed out to them. You know, and I am no expert by any means. I'm, I'm the first one to admit that, but I, I just I don't know. It's it's frustrating how people. I mean, some people just have no shame. <laughs> it's right. It's, uh, it's it's yeah, pretty. It's not the best anybody, but mm-hmm. it's not right. the, yeah, the fun yeah, though. That's the whole fun part pretty, of solving the mystery. Yeah, and... not, you know, it's yeah, it's. I don't know. Part of it is going out and doing it, right? Like I don't. Yeah, know exactly. I mean, I'm I'm more hands on than there is ever. I mean, look smart, maybe not, but hey, you give me something and show me once, I'm going to learn it that much faster. Mm-hmm. Well, Ryan, you you had talked about like kind of like your your business earlier, like you know, customers and whatnot. Like, so musky fishing is not how you make a living, right? Correct. Yeah, I have a full time job. For a transportation industry, uh, for a transportation company that services Seattle and the Portland market. Okay, are there so really musky guides out that way? Uh, there is one for sure that I know. I actually had him on my boat the okay. other weekend. He's a fly guy. He guides for steelhead, and then he'll get guys that request for okay. the tigers as well. Um, and that was the first fly fish that's ever been caught in my boat, which was huh. pretty cool. So, I mean, they. He fly fishes a different lake. Uh, he's never really been up here too many times to try my lake, and he wanted to see how I fish it versus he fishes his body of water. And now he's going back to his water and applying some of the different areas that we were fishing to some of the things that are down there. That's so, cool. which is really really cool. That's neat. So, what what kind of a boat setup do you have? I mean, okay, so let me back up and say that we we have people on here that are guides and obviously their boat setup is significantly different than someone who is considered a weekend warrior like us a little fancier Um, than the one ryan and i are going in tomorrow so where do you where do you find yourself in terms of what what type of boat setup do you have and are there any regulations out there that are different than might be here like we have a lot of horsepower restrictions I assume on that giant lake that you're on, you don't have a horsepower restriction. So do you run a kicker? Give us a little rundown of what you got. Let's say there's not a horsepower limitation. There's a speed limit. <laughs> yeah. So there's a, yeah. There's a lot of big boats that are on this water. Um, over the years, I've, I've fished out of many, many different boats. Early in my season, my buddy had a little 16 foot tenor that we would fish out of. That's one of those boats. I got to say, cause it still cracks me up to this day. We're listening. I think it was like Tony Grant or Greg Thomas, one of their seminars. And we started talking about figure eights and boat side maneuvers, how to, how to come into the figure eight and everything. And we would always joke because one of my best friends, he's a little heavier set, but he's the most agile son of a gun you'll ever meet. Used to be a hockey goalie, all this stuff. And our boat side maneuver was when our one buddy went to one side of the boat, the other two of us went to the other side of boat. Those were our both side maneuvers. Keep <laughs> the boat from rolling. Boat. Yeah, keep the boat from rolling <laughs> over. But man, we caught some fish in those boats. Uh, now I am running. I used to run a, a nitro bass boat uh, years ago, and now I'm running a uh, a Lumacraft Tuna two hundred five competitor. I've got it set okay. up. That's with a big. A that's a big boat. That's what. Yeah, that's a, a, a twenty foot boat. boat. Yeah. Yeah, it's like almost 21 feet. It's it's a it's a fishing machine. Um, luckily, I bought it before all this pandemic shit. That's I'll tell you that it's a 2016. Um, but I run my trolling motor in the back of the boat, 
I'm only running one graph at my console, so I can see it from standing up on the back deck. Wait, so uh, back up. Yeah, wait. So uh, you, uh, let's back up. Uh, Hold on. <laughs> raised my brow for me, too. I was like, Yeah, hey. exactly. So you run the trolling motor from the back of your boat. So you don't Absolutely. have a bow-mounted trolling motor. I do have a bow-mounted trolling motor. I run my pedal to the back of the boat. Oh, okay, okay. okay. Yeah. Make that, okay, that makes total I sense. I like, like to do a the stern same thing. mount trolling yeah. motor with the little handle on it. Right, I was like, right, right. Wait a minute. I'm like, what is he doing? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, yeah. Sorry, Ryan. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, it's okay. So I'm running my pedal in the back. I feel more comfortable. You're lower to the water. I have my nephews or whoever it was in the boat. I can always see forward what's going on, where they're casting, everything like that. Uh, I don't always have to look back and see where they, they're at. I'm running one, uh, one graph here at my console. I can see from there. Got a kicker mounted on, on the boat as well for trolling, obviously. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been a hell of a rig. And I, uh, was at a point when I moved here, like I said, I lost my mother and moved here, gotten a little bit of debt. I'm not gonna lie. It shit happens in our life. Right. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Cleared, cleared my debt, did all that. And I treated myself and I said, fuck it. I am not buying property. Didn't work out. I'm going to buy a fucking boat. What the hell? Good. Yeah. Hey, so, absolutely, man. You know, we, we could, we could all die tomorrow. And, yep. you know, we work you, our asses off every day. Exactly. Exactly. I, I remember when Lynn and I first started dating, um, uh, she's got two kids. And on Fridays, this was before it was easier access to the lake. She would say, are you going to come over? And I would have to say, obviously, this was at the beginning. I said, oh, no, I'm spending this amount of money on my boat. I kind of, I kind of need to use it. Right. <laughs> so, but now right. that she's into it as she is, she's like, so. She's the one bugging you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, so, so do you have a true year round season? Like in terms of, do you really fish year round? Like we have a year round season, but you know, not everyone fishes, you know, year round. No. I mean, winter times it's, it's, I mean, it's raining here. It's, it's nasty, but you got zero, uh, low light periods. There's a lot of, we don't have a lot of daylight anymore. And by the time you get home from work, it's dark the time you left for work. It's dark. So it's, right. it's a challenge. I would love to be able to get out during the winter time and actually spend some time because I mean, the fish still got to eat, but trying to figure that out is, can be challenging. What kind yeah. of electronics do you run? Uh, I'm running a Helix. I've got an older generation. I got a, still got a Gen One. I haven't upgraded yet, which wow. I'm due. But it's hey, still works. Absolutely. That's more Helixes than I have, my friend. <laughs> 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 well, do you ever play around with the night fishing for them? Because that's kind of another one of our local tiger myths. Along with the whole tigers don't eat in the figure eight, another local myth is that you're wasting your time fishing for tigers at night. And I, I mean, I kind of believed it at first, but I put some serious time in at night and I didn't see shit. So, and I'm pretty confident in my purebred musky night skills, but my tiger night skills were either lacking or I don't know what the I, deal was. I love fishing in the dark, but I don't do it as much for the tigers. I've only seen it a couple of years where it's panned out, where we've got quite a few bites. I think it's got to kind of be, everything's got to be aligned. Mm. No moon in the sky, nothing like that. Definitely your wind, everything. I, I had one year where I probably caught like a dozen fish at night 
but it it's very few and far between. Um, and that's where our tigers act a little bit different than kind of like Utah's tigers. They get a lot, a lot of top water eats and they get a ton of night bites as well. Hmm. That's, yeah, that's, that's a part of the country too, that those guys there, they've got their own kind of system that's dialed as well compared yeah. to what they do. If I know around here for me, I mean, I, I'm no expert by any means. I'm the furthest thing from it here, but usually the top waters get left at home. And the night fishing program got thrown out the window after like one year of trying it. I was like, this ain't happening. I'm getting more and more confidence in that top water. I mean, yeah. I, caught, I caught one the other week on top water on a fat bastard. Hmm. It was know, a small man. one, but either way, it's it still, still a still yeah. top water tiger. Yeah. I'm just happy you said that bait. Cause I bought a bunch of those a couple of years ago. I haven't Tom, <laughs> Tom's supposed to take me fishing where I can use them. Mm-hmm. Never use them. Oh. For a while. I only thought I could use them in the bathtub is just bathtub toys. That's a <laughs> nice. I didn't, think, I didn't think tigers were going to actually eat that shit. Oh man. I, I, I love top. Uh, I'd say last year, like 75% of the muskie I caught were on top water, like purebred. So looking at like, that was my first initial bright idea that I had. I'm like, this lake by me, it gets a ton of pressure. There's boats all day, clear water. I'm thinking like, okay, nighttime, duh. So for a while I was convinced. I'm like, oh, it's going to happen. Every time I was putting that boat in, I'm like, it's happening. And never had a blow up, caught some large mouth. Well, I, I think we're, even with like the purebreds, that really, really gin clear water, those are some of the best times. You go at night, right? Yeah. It's the mm-hmm. exact same thing you're thinking, Tom. And I've heard it. Montana, I think, has one of like the clearest gin clear tiger lakes, and I think those guys uh, succeed at night on on top water, whatever it may be. Yeah. I like bucktails at night, honestly. Yeah, I've never been a giant top water fisherman, and but still got to do it. So hmm. what? What? Uh, this might be crossing a line. I don't know. Oh boy. <laughs> what? Uh, what? What would you consider like your favorite? lure to throw for tigers like if that's a fair question because i know i know that's a that's kind of one of those things it's like more seasonal but if i put you out there on the water and you had one bait to try to get it done with a tiger what would that one bait be i want to be pretty vague on it but i'm just going to say rubber i think rubber is the most versatile bait no matter what um you can catch fish in the spring catch them in the fall all through the year I think that's the one bait that's usually pretty consistent all year round. Okay. Yeah, that's uh that's fair. But I mean like so but you don't you don't play around with the whole down like the bass tactics at all. You're just straight musky gear the whole way. For the most part. For the most part. I mean we'll throw some smaller bucktails, but that's I, I got confidence all year round with I mean six plus inch baits all year. Yeah. Gliders, stuff like that in the in the spring. Yeah, some you're but you're never, you're never really busting out like the tube or the KVD crank bass crankbait or no, 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 not at all. It, I think my muskies. lightest rod. Oh, no, no, go ahead, Ryan. Go ahead. I say my. I think my lightest rod that I have in the boat is basically a rattle bait rod that we used to yeah. use fishing rattle baits and that kind was bed based water. That was always such a big part of my program out here. Like I focused more on the downsized side of things. Like I always had my musky spinning rod. I always had like my frog kind of bass stick with me to throw like swim baits and shit. And what I, is this? I, what is this right now? Because that's what Everything. they say. That's those are the rumors you hear, man. You, no, you go I know, to any but... launch ramp around here. 
the bass guys caught five, the musky guys caught zero. The bass I'm, guys were throwing like KVD crankbaits and pounded the piss out of them. The guy throwing gonna, the dog caught nothing. Fuck the bass we're gonna, guys. We're gonna go after this one. Yeah, for a because I literally <laughs> every single time I fish with you, I bring a box of husky jerks, a box of rattle baits, and an ugly stick, and all mm. I catch is crap. Different, different though. It's. Not I think it's not different. It is not different. You can different downsize. Rumors. Different rumors. Nobody spreads rumors about muskie only eating small shit, but people spread the rumors of the tigers. They're only eating the bass stuff. The tigers mm. aren't eating in the figure eight. The tigers won't eat at night. There's all these like weird rumors surrounding the tigers. That's why you there. don't listen to rumors. And you that's what I'm getting. That's that's exactly what I've learned that? from Ryan. Is don't listen to him because he's proved every, damn near every rumor I've heard around here. He's proved Mexicans false. only eat tacos. <laughs> wow. Wow. Hey, I can say it. I'm half Mexican. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where that came from, Tom. It, it and certain parts of the musky world, everybody talks about downsizing, downsizing, downsizing. Mm. You talk to uh, I'm gonna use Brad Hoppy as a as a really good example. He in day in, day out, beginning of the season to the end of the season, he's throwing double tens, double mm-hmm. eights, whatever it may be. I think it's more about your retrieve, the certain time of year. What what are those kind of fish going to feed on? Yeah, they, I mean, obviously it does have to take in consideration the, the bait size, your forage. I mean, are, is there four-inch perch and that's all that that's going? Mm-hmm. In that case, I want to stand out. I don't want to match the hatch. I want to stand out and be that, hey, the big dumb here's, meal. A, here's this big dumb meal coming through yeah. a big school of perch. Perch scatter. There's your the big, big dummies profile, left there. Yeah. Profile <laughs> bait. Like, oh shit, I can eat that and I don't have to eat a meal for a fucking week. Mm-hmm. So I don't that know, makes I don't total know where, sense. That, where that came from. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously fishing the smaller baits, it works. Absolutely. I'm not going to hate on that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's more of a preference thing for guys too. Yeah. What they're comfortable with. What can you throw all day? And I mean, as far as leaders and stuff, it's the same old musky leaders, your same old fluorocarbon wire. You're not doing yeah, anything I, fancy. I use all straight wire for casting. I do run fluorocarbon for trolling just because when those fish are rolling up, mm-hmm. they're not cutting their gills or anything like that. That's uh, another that's another one of those stupid rumors around here in the clear water is that the tigers are line shy. So you have to drop your line weight. And that's, I, I never that, bought that one, but I've heard that's been a thing years, years. I mean, even pure muskie too. It's like mm-hmm. those fish could care less. You're throwing up bait <laughs> that has three to eight odd hooks. I mean, you think they see those, they think they care. Hell yeah. no. They give a shit. They're just, they're just looking for a meal. That's yep. it. Right, those giant hooks hanging off the bottom, those Super aren't going to throw it off. Yeah, yeah. those aren't going to throw it off. Don't worry. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's it's definitely that little thing up front. They're seeing yeah. the line, not the hooks. What about the size, uh, of your, size of your swivel there? Yeah. What, what about uh, are you doing any? And this might be another one of those things we're going to have to bleep out. But you are you floating any live bait out there? If I could, I would. Okay, uh, I was, I was going to say, is it legal? Yeah, yeah, it's it's illegal to run live bait. I would for sure. Um, you can run dead bait. I've never experienced that. Never done it. Um, there's a very gray area in the regulations here. Uh, obviously, it's protecting all the salmon and everything like that. 
but I know there's a lot of guys in your guys' range that run dead bait and are successful. Especially for pike, which I've heard for the tigers too. Well, that's what I was gonna say. I wonder if that would, you know, transfer to tiger how that would transfer to tigers. I wouldn't know, but I know I, I I know personally some guys that have a lot of success like ice fishing with dead bait for pike and stuff too. So that would be that that's pretty interesting. Well, um, I forget who it is. There's one of the guys in Canada that he runs an ice fishing operation uh, for purebred muskie, and they're running dead bait as well. And it's like herring and just like the stinkiest of the stink fish that you can run. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's and they're being successful with that, which is crazy. I mean, you don't think they're eating dead bait all the time. I just I don't know. I don't have the patience to sit there and run dead bait. I'd rather know that there's something moving down there trying to attract something. And I've run a lot of live bait back in the Midwest too. That's, that's one of the funnest things to do for sure. I, I, mean, I couldn't but, agree more, Ryan. Oh yeah. It's fun. And some guys are against it and it's just like the guys that are against trolling. It's, it's your preference. My, mm-hmm. my goal is to, is give us the best opportunity to put fish in the boat. I don't care if I'm not catching them. It's as long as they're getting put in the boat. That's, that's yep. the fun. If we're not catching them, I'm not doing my job right. So, I mean, I'm the one running the boat. That's what I'm trying to find us fish. And Lynn's pissed if you're not catching them. No, she's happy <laughs> when I'm not catching them. Oh, yeah, she's the one. Yeah, she's got to be the one. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. We're swinging it. that net around. Yeah. <laughs> we had it the other week. Uh, I got on a bite, and I knew once this bait was turning on, and she knows, I said, if I will take that bait off my rod and, and pass it up to the front of the boat. And she had that opportunity that day. And then she, she had a fish on her bait that she, she moved and it ate on the figure eight, didn't get pinned or whatever. And I said, okay, do you want this bait? They're following your bait. They're not committing 100%. Do you want it? She's like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to stick with this. (laughs) Then I catch a bigger fish, a a low forties inch fish. And I said, that was your fish. I'm sorry. (laughs) What happened? What happened after that? I gave her the bait. She got two more bites. Unfortunately, they didn't stay pinned. So she was pinned at herself. But <laughs> she she is very, very well in tune, and she will stick with it. That sounds like a dog. Her. What's her she biggest is. so far? Uh, 47. Ooh. Good fish. Yeah. Her biggest is a 47. Yeah. Man, if I don't know, man, if I think if I went out tomorrow and caught a 47-inch PA Tiger, I'd, I'd do the mic drop on the PA Tigers. I'd, I'd take a trip out to Washington for him, but it, I'd be I'd be it's, quite. It's all relative. It's all relative, you know, and it, it, I I think that I think that goes all the way across the board. I mean, the, the fish that that Ryan's catching out in Washington are not exactly the same fish that we would be fishing for here, mm-hmm. because almost all the fish that we'd be fishing for here are also competing with muskie and pike in the same environments, which really brings me to a much more complicated question, which is, do we, you know, do we think that tiger muskies would act differently in a, an environment where they are completely by themselves, as opposed to the environment like Donnie has referenced, like they're stalking them in the Allegheny river or in the Ohio river, you know, there are pools in the Allegheny that they've, put doses of uh, tigers in over the years too. I don't, I, I don't know that they get them every year, but there's definitely 
some in there. And I believe there's some natural ones too. I mean, and I mean, and that's there. big fish water like that. Right. You want to talk about big, big, big fish water, you know? So, and you've got, you've got tigers competing with big natural muskies and everything else. So I'm just fascinated to know kind of what your thoughts are on how they may differentiate themselves if they, and if they don't, they don't, you know, because I, everything that I've seen so far is that they don't necessarily show themselves because guys like Donnie who are fishing those pools would probably be seeing them more often, but who knows? I'll use this as an example. Oh, and I don't know if you guys have seen it. Larry Smith outdoors. Uh, he did something with Jeff Van Rimmel, which is, He's an unbelievable fisherman up in the Hayward I, fo- area. I, I follow Jeff uh, on uh, an Instagram, and yeah, he's a yeah. very impressive. Oh, and your hand kind of looks like the th- – I was going to say that earlier. The shit you got on your wrist kind of looks like the things he wears when he casts, like the wrist braces. <laughs> oh, I didn't realize he, he wears – Yeah, he rocks the brace. It kind of looks a little JVR-esque, your, your huh. wrist brace, but go ahead. No, I was saying I follow him and he's actually one of the guys I really like to follow on Instagram because he's, he's just seems to be a down to earth type of guy and, you know, just goes out there and just catches fish. Yeah. He's a hell of a fisherman and he gets on some cool tiger bites up there too, uh, up in Hayward area. And those are uh, natural tiger bites, right? Yeah. So majority of those are all natural. I don't think there's any, actually, I don't think there's any that are stuck. Yeah. But he went to with Larry Smith, and I and I'm I don't know his name, but his his guide service is like Landris Guides. He's out of North Dakota. Their fishery is stocked with both tigers and peers. And when they filmed that show, they were catching both tigers and peers on the same spot, same baits, everything. So that's kind of a good example of hey, really? they're going to be able to coexist in the same kind of areas. Um, I think they caught like 10 fish in a day or something. I mean, but, and they were getting mixture of tiger, tiger, pier, tiger, pier, all the, the whole time too. It was pretty wild, but that's like one of those fisheries kind of like what you're explaining on there where they coexist with, in, with one another. Well, that's interesting because, you know, I know Tom mentioned earlier, we have a lot of lakes here. Donnie mentioned it, you know, Conneaut. We have, we, I mean, almost every all the lake rivers, that, every river has pike. Yeah. Every too. river, almost every lake that has, has muskies here has pike in it and we almost never see them naturally occur again we don't have any natural musky reproduction so it would be hard to have much hybrid reproduction but it would seem that if there was if one was going to slip past the goaltender you might get one here in here in western pa someplace yeah that'd definitely be a unicorn then that's for sure yeah there's a, I'm actually, I already booked a trip for this fall. Every year I try to do something new. Last year we went to, we went to Tennessee and fished with a good friend down there. Um, and then also last year we went and fished two of the other tiger lakes in Washington that we never had. Um, this year I booked it, a uh, good friend and guide, Brian Klein, he guides on Green Bay, uh, booked to go fish with him for two days and then fish another good friend guide up in Hayward named Scott Keeper. He's one of the gentlemen that I kind of learned and, and had confidence in fishing bigger rubber and things like that. Oh, fishing the open water and kind of fishing out, uh, trying some, some things differently than most do. So we got a four day trip to plan for that. We're going to fly in, 
drive all the way up to Hayward, fish two days, drive all the way back to Green Bay and fish two days on Green Bay. And I've never where, fished. Are, you, where are you flying into? Uh, Milwaukee. Okay, cool. Uh, so are you going to take your own gear or are you going to just rely on, on the guys you're fishing with for the gear? Rely on those guys. Just bring reels and maybe a few baits or whatever you need. Those guys have it all. Um, but yeah, that's going to be a lot of driving. Having a girlfriend that wants to do that, that makes it a hell of a lot easier. Absolutely. Absolutely. I yeah, mean, I was going to say, it's kind of get... the, well, there's, there's kind of the, the dangerous, uh, you know, there's a fine line you got to walk between, you know, involving your, your, your significant other with what is it? The George Costanza, the, the old line of, you know, mixing two worlds, you know, you don't want to combine two worlds together and you, you get your wife involved in fishing all of a sudden your chances to get away and kind of, uh, have a little time on your own are naturally diminished. That's why you get her her own boat, and then you have two boats. Oh yeah, of course oh. that would be so easy, right? <laughs> we have a, we have an inside joke, and I say, hey, you gonna come back here and run the trolling motor? I don't know what it's like to sit up at the bow of the boat and just cast. Uh, right, yeah. just, just enjoy just yourself, right? <laughs> have fun up there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. I'm I'm on the other end from O, and I want to get my girlfriend added into like a group message with your girlfriend, and you got to get her to work on mine a little bit or something. No, oh, honestly, really? Tom, Kayla, Kayla goes with you. Like it, that's all you can ask for. Yeah, but is her that mind she, is no, elsewhere. Her mind it doesn't is on matter. The hot so is yours. The, so is no, yours. Hell no, yeah, yours is elsewhere. Yours is on musky fishing, not on Kayla. It's so, on musky fishing. I want hers yes. to be on musky fishing. It's on trout fishing when he's yeah, out. There. Exactly. It's on <laughs> Tom, it could always be worse. You could just not fish at all, like me. That's how it's it, been lately. Mm-hmm. But not tomorrow, my friend. Yeah. Yeah. Lynn hasn't caught her. She hasn't caught a purebred yet. So that's going to be uh, on the goal and on that trip. We, like I said, we went to Tennessee. We got dealt the worst cold front. You know, when you plan those trips, I, I won't be shocked if we get that in September. It, it always happens. Um, but we caught like one fish in Tennessee for those few days we were there. The coldest. I think I wore everything I brought. It was, <laughs> it was horrible. But she, she's got her goal. She wants to catch a pier and, Fishing with two of the best in the biz for sure to have an opportunity at that is it's well. We can't we can't promise you being the best in the biz or anything. We can't promise you being anything in the we biz. We can maybe get you a thirty incher. We can. It's an easy flight into Pittsburgh. That's what we can promise you. Hey, <laughs> I, I'm all down to fish new waters. It's fun seeing how other people fish and and taking it back home and trying that. That's we'll that's, do a little that's a fun. We'll Honestly, trade you guys a couple 30 inches for a couple of those 47 inch tigers. I uh, say so they're few and far between sometimes. I <laughs> hey, I've, I've caught some dinks this year. Don't worry. Oh, and just so you know, flying into Pittsburgh isn't easy if you fly out of Dallas. Just point that out. <laughs> oh, oh my God. Ryan, don't even get me started because my nightmare airplane story is my flight home from the Super Bowl in 2000 and what was that 11 from Dallas Fort Worth it was literally the fucking flight from hell i was so hungover like <laughs> hungover like you couldn't believe and i ended up sitting on a tarmac for like 7 hours and i i almost like jumped off the freaking plane like you know just like rushed the goddamn doors because i was freaking out oh then 
Fuck that. Fuck Texas. <laughs> no, no yeah. offense. Sorry no to offense our Texas. To Texas, no. I don't think they have Texas we, yeah, we have more. This. We have more listeners from Ukraine than Texas. So you know what? <laughs> yeah. Fuck Texas. <laughs> I wasn't. Uh, wasn't going to. Hopefully, my wife doesn't listen because she's from Texas. Oh, we love you, Chelsea. <laughs> I, I thought Donnie was going to say I've heard two different. Nothing. You just, I can't see your face because you're side. You've been sideways for two hours in Zoom. Why don't you just tell me that now? <laughs> no, but I'll tell you what. You know, I I say that in all seriousness because I think people outside of Pennsylvania kind of don't realize that you really could fly into Pittsburgh and and fish with guys here and probably catch a muskie. You know, and, and not a small muskie. Like, you know, there's this There's area. Some giants yeah. there. Yeah, I mean, oh, you yeah. could fly into the Pittsburgh International Airport and actually make it a muskie trip if you really wanted to. I mean, I think we don't take it like that because we live here. Just like someone who lives in Green Bay doesn't look at Green Bay as being a muskie town. But if you travel to Green Bay, it's a muskie town. That's we've talked or, about that or, a while ago too on here. I mean, like right now, Ryan, you guys are living in like I feel like the tiger, like mecca of you guys don't realize it because you're there. But like, even when I started musky fishing here, this shows how much of an idiot I am. I'm I start musky fishing in PA, and I never musky fished my whole life because I'm like Pennsylvania doesn't have muskies. Like that's not a thing here. And then like you said earlier, I find out all these legendary bait makers are 40 minutes away from me. Like I, I had no idea it was like right under my nose and. I kind of took it for granted, I guess. Yeah. You you guys definitely – I don't know what it is. You guys just – you breed them over there or something. They, I mean, all those bait manufacturers are pretty pretty talented there. Mm-hmm. And they make it all the way out here. So I'll say there's there's some in my box. <laughs> well, yeah. if you ever need any Wileys, I know a guy that just got a, a whole big box of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he counts them before he goes to sleep and sings them a lullaby. I, I think, think he I might, yeah, he say, puts hook covers on that. and sleeps with them. <laughs> they all have little blankets for each and every one of them. He tucks every one of them in before bed. The main question is, does he have the one that I told him he needs for tomorrow? Is he going to be putting in another order later? Because he doesn't run, have run. the one I told him to run tomorrow. Do you have it? I don't even know what, what you're talking about. You don't about. remember the one I said? You asked me before we started. You which said- one to run? Does it start with a G? What? What what are you talking about? Never mind. <laughs> Just go for Listen, Ryan, if you need if you need any Wileys or you want to try a Leo, you let me know. I'll get one shipped out to you to give a go. I got some Shayla Shads in the in the box. And they okay. uh-huh. All right. Have you tried the Mojos yet? That's... No, I haven't. I've been looking at them. You gotta get a that, mojo. That's, I'll yeah, send you, I mean, I'll send that's you the one. one. Yeah, that's the one that I think like would would probably just kill it out there you know that 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 really tight tight wobble small small profile i'll I send scored those i think i scored those shayla shads on the flea or something and i saw them i'm like oh man those are going to replace my uh my baby depth readers they're they're different and those things have they've done really well he makes a good product. What, what else do you like yeah, to run in terms of in terms of trolling baits? You know, you don't have to give us specifics, but you know, or you mentioned a couple 10-inch baits that you liked. You know, uh, do you guys run smaller baits? Because I mean, guys around here, they'll kill it with a four-inch shed. 
foreign shad bait. Yeah. Um, I, you know, your baby depth raiders, your, your tough shads, things like that. Those, those of course work and they, they produce fish. Um, but I throw in a bunch of different mixes, grandmas, jakes, whatever it may be. I mean, like I said, I'm not throwing like the 12 inch baits or anything like that. Yeah. There's certain times. Um, but I mean, I'm usually staying between that six and eight inch range. Now, do you have any bait affiliations? You've mentioned you've mentioned Musky Mayhem. Like, are you sponsored by Musky Mayhem? Nope, no pro staff, nothing. I okay. pay for my stuff. <laughs> I pay for it. <laughs> I use my hard work, hard earned money, and and buy whatever I need. That's awesome. And and that's that. what I like that because when when guys like you use something, that means that it it works because you're paying your hard earned money for it. You know? Yeah. I mean, I've built connections over the year. It's like, Hey, you get a couple bucks off here, a couple bucks off there. Sure. I, I'm not asking for handouts. None of that. I mean, I, I'm going to work for it. That's for sure. So our listeners can't see the hoodie that you're wearing, but I, I, I really like the, uh, that like tiger pattern that you, the tiger musky pattern well, that you I mean, have on the hoodie. That's, Who's that uh, musky addicts? Yeah, Muskie Addicts. There's a gentleman by the name of Jonathan Craze. He's out of Minnesota. Okay. Um, him and I talked in years past. He was uh, asking me about tiger fishing and things out here. Uh, he started, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Lake Labs. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like one of those apps that do your moon right. phases, and then you can kind of log I, I, I have it on my phone, if I'm not mistaken. I oh, don't do think you? I necessarily use it, but I, maybe I should. Yeah, he created that. I don't. I played with it. It's uh, fortunately it's not so much iPhone friendly compared to the yeah. Android. Um, but yeah, he's 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 put that together. He's starting his own kind of clothing and doing uh, some baits and stuff like that. So he's just another fisherman like us, though. He just loves the sport. Cool. Well, it sounds like Washington needs a Tiger brand or something, man. So I think you should get on that with your girlfriend, whether it's like a curated tiger musky lore. Well, it's weird. Or a- it, it, it's weird. You know, Ryan, we, we have a guy in, a, in this musky hunks group who, who is a graphic designer and we've asked him, he you sucks. know, like, Hey, let's, let's come up with some ideas, you know, like give us some, give us, you know, take big O's logo and, you know, get, give us some, some jazz it up, you know, do something. And we're He's still too busy here. editing podcasts. <laughs> editing freaking podcasts all day he's too busy playing with calendly all week long trying to figure out a scheduling (laughs) i'm out there chucking editing podcast you're getting paid well right oh i get paid great (laughs) oh yeah oh yeah we get paid so well we gotta pay tripping over i'm tripping over piles of money when i get up from this Uh, (laughs) oh man this you guys should see the state it has changed over the last 10 years i mean the homeless population is horrible. It's it's yeah really freaking bad. I don't know what it is like there on the East Coast, but it's, it's pretty it's, freaking. I, I've been hearing I've been hearing about it out there and in, in San Francisco and L.A. and and no we we don't see it. I mean I see it a little bit because I I get to downtown Pittsburgh and and where I park in my parking garage. There's some homeless. There's like a couple of homeless in, encampments um, there, but it is so minor compared to the type of stuff that you guys are dealing with out there. And, and I, I don't even know. I mean, I, I got to lock my kicker up every single day. Yeah. I mean, it, I don't even I, know I, what I the answer is. Anymore. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. There's free camping in Seattle. 
than anywhere you want. But I mean, yeah, you have to worry about everything nowadays. I mean, I mean, I think when we were growing up, you can leave your garage door open, not worry about anything. Front door unlocked. Now, I mean, I think I have like five locks on my boat. Yeah. I leave all my shit in my boat and I leave it parked on the street. I leave six trolling rods, like 15 Plano boxes. That's probably boxes. after a day uh, of getting skunked. Yeah. Take it all. It's <laughs> yours. It. Put a free sign your... on it while I'm at it. While it's out we there. always say after a day like that, give it all to your worst enemy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, this has been this has been a lot of fun. Uh, we're I think we are at about the two two hour mark here, yeah, guys. We're still on spring, I'd like to point that. Yeah, out. dude, I'll, I'll, I'll keep I think going. We got I mean, I'm into not summer. We did get into summer, but I, we yeah. definitely never got gonna, to fall. No, for the record, we'll keep going, like, dude. I'm I am. Let's, like, I don't have to go anywhere. Fall. We can at least get fall and winter in there real quick, like tips from Ryan, because I think we can't just leave it at summer. We can't just <laughs> stop there. Crash course. <laughs> Tom took us on this seasonal journey. We got to get there, at least even if we do it quickly. All right, hold on. Let's take let's take a piss break then. Hold on, one second. Go for it. A few moments later. So where do so where else do we want to go with this? So we uh we we got through summer. Tom wants to get us to fall. We don't have to if you don't want. Well, I mean, I'm another or splice it in. It don't matter. Totally up to you. Can I ask uh, you guys a question? Yeah. Which one of you guys? Absolutely. I just want to know what is what what's the main reason you, you go after this fish? What is it to you that keeps you coming back? Awesome question. Mm-hmm. Who wants to get started? I mean, that's a great fucking question for all of us. Yeah. I know you guys are always asking the question. Let's let's hear from you guys and why you guys keep doing this. I'll go first. Go for it, Ryan. I honestly you know, it's like one of those things where I've, I don't want to call this thing work because it's not work. It's supposed to be fun. But I think for me, musky fishing is like a, a testament, you know, to how you could say like mentally tough you can be. Um, I feel like overall, it's like this fish will push me, you know, in ways that other things couldn't, you know, that's a challenge. I think it's the way it's the way they, they misbehave all the time. You know, it's like, uh, uh, we were talking to Camden Glade and I, I, I had this like general thing of just like muskies do what they want to do, you know, and Camden reassured me that that's not the case. They just, they're big dumb fish that want to eat, <laughs> but you know, they're just like this mysterious fish to me and they always will be. And I, I think part of it is just, it's like beautifully frustrating to fish for muskies in my opinion. And, you know, it's just when you love something, you want to do it. And that's, I found, you know, I found them, they found me. And, you know, it's just, that's why I want to keep doing it. How'd you get into it, Ryan? Who got you? Uh, my, my buddy, Dan, we, uh, we went uh, pike fishing up in Canada. And it was really the first experience I had with pike. I think I maybe caught one or two pike here. Uh, there's a lake down in Maryland that Tom and I fish. We, we both grew up going there, family vacations and, uh, I've caught pike there, but it was like, I wanted to do this. We went on this Canadian adventure and I came home, went straight to a musky show and I bought, you know, oddly enough, grandma from grandma herself, you know, I bought like five grandmas from her and I was going musky fishing and it took, it took me a couple of years to get one for sure. A lot of failures. I made a lot of mistakes, but it was just you know, through all that frustration and like time, you know, they just, 
they always find a way to kind of when they find you or you find them and it's like a it's a perfect fit you know both ways because you have to be as you have to be a special yeah. person to do there's this. there is definitely a you have to have a merging of right. of the personalities so to speak <laughs> the personality of the muskie and the personality of the fisherman right and i think that's what that that's one of the things that just makes it so freaking fascinating like why do we have a stupid podcast about a fish mm-hmm. that's kind of that's why mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> right really yeah well that's, and, and that's like you're right ryan it, it and i've seen it too from your videos from the podcast all you guys you guys are always so positive about it and i've kind of learned that there was times in fishing for these fish over the years where you get frustrated and you just like shut down you literally just shut down oh, yeah that's one of the things that have one of the best partners you can angling partners that keeps your your positive attitude always going. PMA or PMA, positive musky attitude always, mm-hmm. right? And just keeps you going. It always keeps your mind thinking and thinking outside the box. Okay, this isn't working. Well, what am I going to do next? Things yep. like that. And and I think that's what you're saying, Ryan. It's just like always that grind. Hey, what's going to be the next bite I'm going to get? What am okay, I so that, that that may yeah. kind of segue into my answer to the question. And that is like we've talked in previous podcasts that like in my previous life, I was a golfer. OK, and Ooh. I was a golfer and I was a, a very serious golfer. I was member of a country club. I had a caddy who I would who would caddy for me on a regular basis. OK, and it was a guy who who like I had known from since high school it was actually a guy I went to high school with who like liked the caddy on the weekends to make extra money. And he and I got along really well. And long story short, you want to talk about positive musky attitude. Um, when I was playing golf and I was playing competitively, like I was playing in the club championship and stuff like that, he would caddy for me. And the only well, like the biggest benefit I could say was not only did he know the golf course, and he knew me, but like he kept me positive. And he always like he always like had a, a positive word for me, even when things were negative. And one of the biggest reasons I quit playing golf was because it, it just made me miserable. And OK, and so musky fishing, I found to have I, I had that same kind of drive like I needed to to like you know, to compete to a degree, like I'm competing against a fish. I'm not competing against in golf. You're competing against the golf course. You're not necessarily competing against the other golf. Yes. And so the same thing with musky fishing, but with musky fishing, I don't know. I just kind of, I, I've gravitated towards it because I've found it to be more, I guess, holistic in a lot of ways. And I don't know, I've, I found it easier to be, I mean, it's easier with my family because I, I, you know, golf is always hard because I, I would have to take four or five, six hours away, you know, where musky fishing, I can go fish for an hour or two, but you know, but you know, it, it, it keeps that, com- there's definitely that competitive aspect to it without it being a competition. If that makes any sense. Yep. It's, it's almost like a competition with yourself. Yes, but with a fish and with a fish that, you know, is not not smart, but not stupid, you know, like it's 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 not like a it's not a bluegill, you know, it's not like you could throw anything down there and it'll just just pull it right up. But, you know, it's also just a fish. So you can't out. Sometimes I think we outsmart ourselves. Mm -hmm. overanalyze it yeah yeah like we give the fish a lot more credit than it's necessarily deserving 
that's what it was for me. I mean, we have these local species, like you have your trout, your catfish, your carp, your steelhead, whatever. And like, I grew up fishing for all of them. And it's to the point now, like any day I want, I could go catch 10 carp. Like, I, f- I feel like I beat the carp. If I want to go catch bass, give me like a pink Senko. I'll go catch 20 of them out of like the local farm pond. If I want to go catch steelhead, I'll go to Erie. I'll wham on them. But like musky. But you can't do that. Right. You can't do, do that it. with musky you fishing. You cannot. And it, it's like, it's like sitting at right. the <clears throat> Like sitting at the slot machine and just losing over and over. like you just can't give it up. And the other ones like do a point like I, like I said, I, it's kind of cocky, but I feel like I beat the other species around here. And that's part of the reason I'm so fascinated with these local tigers because I had like I didn't beat musky, but I feel like after a few years I have a good grip on them. Like I'm starting to kind of figure it out. But these tigers, man, it's like starting all over again for me. And that that's why well, I like them and, especially. So I guess that's that's really answered the question for both me and t- I gave my answer and Tom gave his answer too. Yeah. that question well and, and tom your your fishery is 10 times different than like what i'm fishing mm-hmm. here and even like the other lakes, right it, it, it's the body of water too and it's kind of mm-hmm. analyzing that what's going on i mean obviously you're you're putting in your time and you're going to figure it out yeah you just need take to, a while you need to convince one of these guys to actually go with you mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe you helped out a little bit tonight doing that. <laughs> so donnie you're, you're up so, I, I mean, for me, I, I mean, I think it starts, you know, going all the way back to when I was a kid, uh, similar to what Tom would say, you know, I, I just fished the river because I lived right here on the river and I fished for anything and everything for the most part. We fished from the banks. My dad had a Bayliner boat and we would, you know, but there was no electronics or anything like that on it. We would get on the river and we would just fish. But, you know, my dad wasn't an expert or anything like that by any means. And uh, we just caught fish or whatever, and muskies were always like, you know, the unicorn or whatever. You know, you, you hear that there's muskies in these rivers, but you don't see them. You don't catch them. You see a picture, uh, you know, a Polaroid in, at the local bait shop of a guy holding one and, and and you know, that kind of stuff. But And then once, you know, a couple of times I did have encounters with them as a kid. But and, and saw other people catch one, but I never had. And then, you know, for a number of years, I kind of got away from fishing in general, you know, in the early, you know, late teen years, early 20 years. I didn't fish much at all. Hey, you start chasing tail. Right. Exactly. You know, you're, you're out bar kind. hopping and chasing yeah. women <laughs> and all of that tail. shit. Exactly. Yeah. And that's how I spent most of my 20s. And really, it wasn't until I started having my health issues in my later 20s. And I kind of picked back up in the fishing and, and, you know, we've talked about it before on this podcast, so I don't have to, but I went out to Minnesota. I fished with my friend Dave and, you know, I had these experiences with a muskie. And once I kind of realized that you could actually fish for these fish and like, this is a thing, like people were targeting muskies and catching muskies. Like I never really even knew that was a thing until that point in my life. And once I knew that that's all I wanted to do. It's, you know, it's, it's just the fascination with these fish that goes all the way back to when I was a child, really. Uh, I just think they're the coolest fish swimming in, in the water. They're the biggest, baddest fish. And they're the ones I want to try and catch. I, I think Donnie, <laughs> I think you and I are more alike in that. I don't have much, if any gear to catch anything else. 
Like I right. do, I have, I have like little stuff for my kids to catch panfish at the lake. And, you know, I, but, but I don't have anything to catch. I don't have bass rods. I don't have walleye rods. I don't have steelhead rods. I've got musky rods. Right. That's what I've got. And, and I'm basically the same way. And that's where, like, you know, that's where Tom and I are a little different. I have a lot of respect for Tom and like the way he, you know, he, he does have that knowledge of, and, you know, I, I, I bust his chops too, but he, he has kind of mastered all these different species in Pennsylvania. And, you know, he knows how to go out and I watch him do his program with the trout and, you know, these big grass carp and stuff like I've caught all kinds of different fish throughout my life. You know, I've caught trout. I've, I've done a steelhead trip, but I'm not a master of any of that stuff. Like I didn't necessarily go through a progression of, okay, I, I know how to do all the stuff with walleye. So now I'm going to step into muskie or, or whatever. It was just like kind of what I picked up and <laughs> ran with it from, from the beginning. Should have got out when you could. I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> just like you had your buddy that you blamed. I still blame my buddy oh, Dave man. in Minnesota. I, I blame you my buddy me. so much. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, though. I mean, to, to kind of add to your guys' answers, I mean, they're great. They're all good. I mean, we all have our different specific reasons why we kind of target these. I, I'm not going to lie. This fish kind of saved me. I was at a low point in my life after losing my mom. And shit, I know mean, we just said it. Going through your early 20s, you're freaking Amen. Partying drinking doing all that shit yep. and then got into our mid-20s yeah of course we went on these binger musky trips and we drank we partied we'd be hung over shit on the water and it's like okay well this ain't fun but then mm, right it kept me away from the freaking bar and doing something even more stupid um so i mean i i gotta thank this fish just for that i mean now i'm hey i'm sober i don't drink i quit smoking finally and all that I'm a big believer. I'm a big believer in that you have to you you have to have a grounding point. You have to have something to to always come back to. And if people don't have that, and it may it doesn't have to be the greatest thing, but as long as it's not completely unhealthy, and I think that you know, musky fishing, while it can be extremely expensive and unhealthy in that way, you know, it is extremely positive in the sense that you know you there are it, it can really be an outlet for you i mean look at all these podcasts i mean we're just one of you know a number of podcasts and that's on top of all the youtube videos and all the things that you can do if you want to learn about this sport and like i mean really the world the musky world is everyone's oyster at yeah. this point and it's evolved that much more i mean look at you guys are on the east coast i'm on the west coast i mean years ago there was none of this happening so, I mean, it's just right. bringing more anglers together. That's it, mm -hmm. which is good. That's awesome. Well, boys, what do you think? Should we start to wrap it up? <clears throat> we'll have to save uh, summer, fall, and winter for episode two with Ryan, I guess. Yeah, we'll bring – we will get Ryan back on. In fact, I think we should uh, – Ryan's another one we, we got to get in here to uh, to Western PA at some point to have one. Punks weekend. Punks weekend. I got the invite. I told you it was coming. This time, you might as well get the whole cow. Dude, I'll time. get the whole cow, man. I'll get the whole you fucking better, cow. Uh, you better start buying up muscle. more real estate. Man. That's all I know. We're going to have to expand this through three houses. Lake. I don't think it's going to cut it. 
Oh my gosh. We will we will make room. It's gonna look like fucking Woodstock and Big Rich's. Seriously, you guys have been you guys have been to my lake in October like that. There's no one there. We will be we could we would have the it's a pond, but we would it would be our own little pond for a weekend. How many many fucking rod holers you got on that pontoon? (laughs) We can always add more. That's gonna be the tricky part. We get too many boats trolling, it could get ugly. They're just all hooked together to the pond. This lake's big enough that if you gave me a couple beers, I could swim the whole way from end to end. Oh, yeah. It would take me a while, but I could do it. It's a very small lake, but it's fun, man. It's, very it's got small. some. But no, no. I, you know, if we really did something like that, and I, I've thought about this, you know, not necessarily this year, but maybe, you know, in 2023. But, you know, having a get together in, you know, at it's not about Canadota Lake, but think about how many bodies of water there are within a, an hour drive or a half an hour drive. Cause Chautauqua was Chautauqua is only 45 minutes from Canadota. Yeah. So, I mean, that alone, sure. you know, Conneaut is, is a half an hour. Then there's LaBeouf. There's uh, there's Woodcock. There's, you know, Edinburgh. There's all these different lakes. That's crazy. I, mean, I didn't even know there was that many fisheries. Oh, there. dude, we oh. could I mean, we could we could have really a, a little a cool little thing where, you know, people could you couldn't all be on one lake. There's none of these bodies of water are big enough to support a a, a tournament, so to speak. Pie me. But should talk. Well, well pie me, but you know, Chautauqua too, but that's, that's big water. And we'll talk yeah. about that. We'll figure it out. But the bottom line is that it could definitely happen, but, uh, and you your know, bottom line is Ryan's invited. He's invited. He's coming. <laughs> Ryan, Ryan Elizondo and is invited Lynn. and Ryan Reed is going to have to get a boat by then because we're going to have to, everyone is going to have to be able to, uh, put people on their boat. Ryan Reed fish bra picture. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> shirtless. Shirtless. Possibly, must be possibly yeah, yeah, buddy. Tiger <laughs> fish bra. Yeah. There it oh, is. God. Uh, when in the summer we're freaking dying. It, it, when it's hot, obviously we're all freaking stripping clothes off. Getting. We were in Eastern Washington. Lynn had her bikini on or whatever, and we caught one, and she was holding it. And totally, everybody was like, "What is that? Is that fish bra?" Blah blah. She had yeah, fish bra. Her new, yeah. <laughs> i'm fascinated by the climate out there like it doesn't freeze you don't get any do you get any snow we get we got some snow this last year but it i mean we maybe get like one week or two that are in the teens but that's some usually yeah sometimes yeah. they don't use salt out here so it's freaking it gets slippery but mm. 40 45 minute drive to go up to the mountains it's not far it is nice. If you want to go to snow, you can drive the snow. I think I I've only seen. I think I've oh, only seen ahead. one Seahawks game where I've actually seen snow. It's like one one time I remember. You know, it's weird. Tom and I kind of got connected. Tom posted a picture. I don't know what it was. Some guy holding the tire. It was that guy with the. He had like a meat hook. Like a, in the head yeah. Of the like you should hear about the. You should hear about the the picture that Tom sent to Lee Lee Talkin. Uh yeah, we'll save that for another one. <laughs> I made a whoopsie, but we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll tell that another story we'll tell us another that. time. Should we wrap this up? Yeah. We'll save that one for off the air. All right. 
I guess we should wow. wrap this up. And this this kind of fell apart quick, and Dad's still here. <laughs> Dad's Dad didn't go to bed yet. Yeah, he this kinda, is late for Owen. He just nosedived. I'm gonna That's have a lot of chopping to do on this one. Wife and wife and kids already went up to the lake, so they're they're at oh. Canadota tonight. Oh, so I'm, right. I'm home home alone. This is great. Owen looks so happy right now. Look at him. Look at him smiling. He's it's like, like the Guitar the Hero commercial in his underwear sliding around. <laughs> meanwhile, meanwhile, I'm ready, I'm gonna, yeah. meanwhile, I'm going to go right upstairs oh, yeah. and go to bed. Uh-huh. uh-huh. There's a, yeah. How many gummies? <laughs> We're just going to say special thanks to Big O's Bucktails and special thanks to, to Ryan. Thanks for hanging out with us tonight, man. It was fun. Absolutely, man. Ryan, this was a blast, dude. Oh, yeah. I appreciate your guys' interest, and definitely it was fun to share some information and see where you guys can apply some of the things I'm doing and keep the conversations going. Squash some of the rumors, the stupid local Pennsylvania Tiger rumors. Yeah, this was a lot of fun, man. I I really enjoyed it. And we'll get you back on for the the summer-fall winter program. (laughs) Absolutely. One episode per season. Maybe I'll be in PA that time. Who knows? Maybe we're gonna fly. Go. We're gonna fly you out here for Hunks weekend. That's You're damn right. Go. Nice. October fourteenth through sixteenth. Mark them up. Mark your calendar. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fellas, this has been a blast. Thank you, oh, Ryan. Yeah. No problem, you guys. Let me know what else you guys need if there's anything. Well, thanks. Thanks, man. We'll Ryan. Right, guys. Right. We'll talk soon. All right. See you Later. guys. I had to shake him on my last case, big O don't play.